Henry, it came from monsters. Welcome to Talking During Movies, sir. Hey, you're smart. I'm crazy. I can't believe you're doing this. I'm so honored. Thank I'm so excited. No, I'm, I'm super stoked to be here, Jason. It's really funny because I have, I have the movie all lined up, but I also have the movie lined up on the TV because I, I like to hear it as well because I could give you guys more fun facts with the audio noise and my mom's never seen this movie so she's actually sitting right next to me uh, so mom i'm gonna do my best know. i'm gonna watch my language i'm gonna be a gentleman well she can't hear you because i got headphones on okay. but uh you know she's all stoked because uh yeah get she's in there got, mom she's all stoked because she's got her wine ready because that's the only way i can convince her to watch a godzilla movie with well what kind of wine is she drinking what, what do you got going on and then what's mom got going on so i have a watermelon juice and a sapporo because we're watching a japanese film fantastic and my mom i think has a white or a rose and man it's a rose a rose all day so one of the what things you got jason so we're gonna we'll circumvent right to that one one of the things we're um i've been doing to kick off this podcast is um helping out small businesses in, in the only way I can, right? Which is giving them right. a free plug. So there's a couple always that I, that I give love to. One is Dive Bar Austin, because usually this podcast is recorded at Dive Bar, which gives right. an element of fun. And you've got a server and you've got a bartender. And it's just, it's fun. Um, two is always my friends at Colorblind Design who create these beautiful tactical six-pack carriers and do everything else. And, the, and those have been the mainstays of this show for over a year. But um, it's important that uh, I think that, you know, we, we try to help businesses the best way we can. And no, 100%. I mean, that's what my show has been doing as well. Like with our team, uh, you know, I'm an official curator uh, for T Public. Give me one second. Yeah. Uh, I'm an official curator for T Public, and our podcast has a uh, T Public page. And now that I'm a curator, I actually can get all the artists who are on the show to actually be able to curate their work. So that way, when people purchase stuff through our store, mm -hmm. um, you're actually helping the podcast out, you're helping the artist out. And uh, actually really cool thing, T Public's currently doing a thing where we're selling masks. Yeah, so I saw that all on these Yeah, you get all these really cool monster masks. And like, uh, I will say, uh, my friend John, also known as Robo7, has this really cool Godzilla versus COVID mat, uh, design that you can get as a mask. And T Public actually, if you purchase a mask on T Public, you actually, they will donate a medical grade mask to direct relief. 
All right, so uh, give give the URLs for your website and your podcast. Uh, and so if you go to T, I believe it's if you go just to tpublic.com uh, and you go to, uh, like you could type in, it came from a monster movie or it, uh, fan podcast. Um, I believe the store is just simply known as like T Public. Oh, let me see. I should have I should have had that up because I really wanted to pitch this. Yeah, please do. Um, but yeah, no, just go to like tpublic.com slash store slash uh, ICFAM podcast. That's I-C-F-A-M-M podcast. Uh, you should be able to go to our merch store. Uh, we have some really cool designs that uh, are my podcast related as well as like almost every artist who has helped the podcast in some way and form that has a T public page has is on it. Uh, it ranges from everything from Godzilla to other movie monsters. And we're just going to be keep adding to that as the year goes on uh, just because uh, like with your show, with promoting local businesses, my show, I'm trying to like bring awareness to artists, especially with like what's going on Perfect. in current events. Uh, Cause like, you know, we're we're watching movies because of the arts so that's right i mean i think people forget that right and it's and it's important to share I mean, you know everyone's like we're all in this together i'm like great but then the other companies that i work for i get i got this ad I this person tried to sell me they're like you know with covid we have more direct response with customers and so our advertising rates are going to go up a little bit but here's what you get and i was just like this is so gross i'm not yeah. no and so I told my boss, I was like, hey, man, we're not buying these ads. And he goes, great, Jason, I like it. Thank you. And then I came through and I was just like, with a podcast. So yesterday I went to a brewery called 12 Fox, which is run by veterans. Awesome. And uh, they make a lot of different beers. They gave me like four beers, this beautiful hat. And uh, so 12 Fox Brewing, it's in Dripping Springs. Um, they're very limited batch brews. Uh, so you got to go out there, get them while they're hot, and then they're gone. But I love their style. I got to spend like two hours out there with them. I got to tour the brewery. I got to try some stuff that wasn't available yet. It was it was very it was a very it was a very um, special experience. I, I, I really like. It. I also really admire the idea. Like uh, when I was in Charleston, uh, I actually always try to make sure that I bought uh, brewery like stuff from breweries in the local area because sure. like they need the business. Um, and actually just like another shout out and a podcast uh, and a Twitch stream that you might like is, uh, they were on our first episode for season two, where we did Frankenstein. They're called bored and drunk. Uh, so it's B O A R D and drunk. And they review, uh, tabletop games, but, but also while they're reviewing those tabletop games, they drink local brews in the Charleston area to promote those beers and ales, uh, and drinks while they're playing the games. And you could watch them on Twitch. Uh, just look them on board or drunk or go to my podcast page and uh, you can find links for them there. But like, it's really cool. I really like the fact that like us podcasters are like, we're not just trying to like do our spiel. I really like, it's one of the reasons why I like your show. And I think it's one of the reasons why you like my show is like you and I like to watch movies and talk about movies, but we also really enjoy to like, be like, look at these really cool people that you should list, like know about and yeah. like help support them out, especially during this crazy time. Um, yeah, it's just I mean, sharing the love. It's it's a beautiful thing, and like minds, you know, they attract, and uh, and it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I I will I'll, I'll close it out, you know, with this. We're uh, we're in a fortunate position, right? We get a we get to hang out and do this and have some fun, and God bless people listen. I mean, I think we did like four hundred. It was really weird. We did four hundred and forty four downloads today. And I was just oh, like, very nice. Straight fours. Man, should I play the lotto? 
Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like my little my little podcast. We're still, uh, you know, my numbers are still like on a. The most we've got in a day is a hundred downloads in a day. Okay. We're still, you know, I'm I'm still a baby. Like I've only been out there for about a year and a half, and since my show's like catered to everybody, like it depends on who. But like we're about to, uh, you know, for the month of May, we've released three episodes, but we're already at like seven hundred downloads for the. Awesome. No, sorry, not seven hundred. We're already over six hundred downloads for the month, which is much better than our last month. Um, so it's just like super cool that people are starting to tune in. Um, and it's also, you know, uh, it helps when like we collaborate and stuff too, yeah. because then people, cause I've been telling people about your show and people Thank have been you. really enjoying it. And I know people who listen to your show, learning about my show, it's going to be super fun. And then of course our little plan in September, when that comes out, will be super fun. It's uh, be, and all it's that fun. Jazz. And I mean, dude, you can come on anytime. Seriously. I really enjoy yeah. talking to you. So I mean, I will, um, I will share and promote in, in any way that I can. If you've got special episodes coming up, just let me know. And I will, no worries, I, will, buddy. I, will I will let the people know as well. Um, I will say we do have our really cool uh, Jurassic June series in uh, Jurassic June. June. Yeah, we I do. Uh, so I, uh, my co-host for that series is actually a lovely woman in Dallas, uh, uh, the clever fan girl, AKA Laura. Uh, she's like this really cool Jurassic Park person uh who i met online and it's like a really funny story because like one night when i was living in korea i was walking home she popped on my instagram and being like i like dinosaurs and like drunk henry was like hey i dug up a stegosaurus and then we became best friends ever since <laughs> um and then she does she does stuff for uh Jurassic June with me. We did it last year. We did it this year. We have a really fun lineup of like dinosaur themed prehistoric movies. It's like how I get to control myself sure. with dinosaur movies uh, since it is like my bread and butter. But like, I'm like, okay, once a year this month, we just do prehistoric monsters. And then that way, like, I can explore more branches and other episodes. Um, but we have a great uh, rundown. We'll be doing Rodan. Uh, with her and another famous tex Texas artist, uh, Matt Frank, who okay. does a lot of really cool Godzilla art. Then we'll be doing uh, Velocipaster. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Velocipaster. I have actually, yes. So we're reviewing that, uh, and it's kind of a family affair. Uh, so that's super fun. And then we did uh, The Lost World, uh, 1925. The first, you know, without that movie, what we're doing today probably would never have happened. 100%. Um, and I'm doing that with my friend, who William Cope, who wrote a novel called uh, Tarantus Walks the Earth. I believe is the title but William is a fantastic uh writer he's an old friend of mine um and it's really funny because I got him on the show because he's actually a descendant of uh Edward Cope who was in the Bone Wars I don't know wow. if you've heard of the Bone Wars but he's uh, yeah the dollop did a piece on the Bone Wars actually yep yep so he <laughs> he is the <laughs> He's <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of free time, Henry. Okay, listen. <laughs> he is he is an actual descendant to that paleontologist. Stop, are and you then, serious? Uh yep, yep. Uh really crazy stuff. And then uh we end Jurassic June because we did Jurassic Park last year. Uh this year we're doing Lost World Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, and I do that with Laura. And then my first friend I ever made, Jack, who is a filmmaker in well, he's a lighting guy, but he does a lot of film work in Texas as well. Uh, in the Houston area, 
because uh, I'm a Texas native as well. I don't know if you know that. Texas. I didn't know that. I no. born, yeah, I was born in Houston. I'm weird. Okay. Like my mom's from Pennsylvania. My dad's from England. And I was born in Houston. In Houston and spending time in Korea. I mean, it makes yep. sense. No, Houston, very... South Carolina, Florida. South, like, you know, I've been on every continent but Antarctica. So like, you know, not bad for 29, I think. Not bad That's at all. Fantastic. So you picked this movie. 1954 the original godzilla the japanese version if, if, if people if you're not listening if you for some reason you're tone deaf to passion and desire and love then i apologize but seriously you are one of my favorite people to listen to because you're you you've got that thing that that rogan has you've got that thing that that uh, Brian Callen has, you really have a passion and a wanting to do this. It's not, yeah. you're not doing it like, I do this because I want to chat with people. Like my passion right. is I, I want to bullshit. I want to have some beers. I want to talk with people and I want to meet new people and I want to stretch the way I see things. Yeah. You, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to diminish in any way, but your podcast and what you have is, is really passionately driven by this love for all monster movies yeah no i mean i've i have loved this genre for i mean i what, what was your what was your first what was the thing that that brought you in what was the the uh, the so the i will say this so like obviously jurassic park has a lot of roots into my love for things but that's because i love dinosaurs i'm a paleontologist amateur paleontologist all this stuff i i wear a lot of hats but before we start this movie, I, I will tell you my like Godzilla origin story. Please. Because uh, as a kid, uh, when we were still living in Texas, my neighbor bought me a Trendmasters Godzilla figure and I was obsessed with it. Just obsessed. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what Godzilla was. I was just obsessed with this like, because it, it was this green, you know, it was the classic Godzilla. It sure. was green. It had this little comic and it was about like people fighting this giant fire breathing dinosaur. And I was just insanely obsessed about it to the point where my mom actually had to like hide it from me because like if it was around, I wouldn't get anything done. Like it just like, I was, I was literally obsessed with it. And then eventually like, what did you do? You, you, uh, you put it to Goodwill, didn't you? Yeah, so my mom put my favorite toy to Goodwill because I was just like abusing the hell out of it. And it's another that, kid's favorite toy at that point, right? right? Mom's so, just but, sharing the love. But years later, yeah, no, and that's a great way to look at it. And then years, you know, uh, that was when I was about like six or seven. And then we moved to South Carolina shortly after I was seven. And we went to Blockbuster and it was like my turn to pick a movie and I was really excited. So I was looking at like all the dinosaur movies, obviously, because I want to watch a dinosaur movie. And then I see uh, a poster and I'm like, I recognize that creature. And it was the VHS tape of Godzilla 1985. Okay. Um, which, you know, originally in Japan, it came out in 84. The English version, it came out in 85. Uh, you know, I rented it. Uh, I always laugh because that was also the first time I saw Godzilla versus Bambi. Cause that was like, that short came out before the movie started. And I remember, because it was like the first rented movie that I had, I could watch by myself. I was so excited. And I watched it. And I just remember loving it. But then what I always laugh about is, 
um, my parents were in their room and then all of a sudden they hear me like scream and I like run into their bedroom in total hysterics. Um, and they're just like, Oh God, the movie scared him. Like this mon, we should not have let him rent that monster movie. Like it scared him. Like it, what, like 30 minutes of crying before you finally calmed me down? I think so. But like, they were like, what, like Henry speak to us. What, what's wrong? And I said, he didn't have to die. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Godzilla didn't have to die. Like, he's just really big. Like, it's not his fault for doing all this. I was seven. I was seven or eight. And like, ever since then, I've always loved monster movies because like, for me, I think they have a lot of impact. And like, if you look at everything from like Jurassic Park to like, Jason's listeners, we're watching Godzilla nineteen fifty four, the original Gorgira. The the histories you are going to learn about this movie. Like I have this movie playing on my computer and in the on the TV because I need the audio because like I am going to give you guys some deep dives. We're going to have some laughs. I mean, I taught this in a film class because when my kids were like, "Why do you like giant monster movies so much?" and I'm like, "Well." Hold my beer. (laughs) Well, yeah, right. I'm just like, guys, the you know, this genre has a movie called Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf. I mean, this this is an amazing genre. But like, you know, ever since watching Godzilla 1985, that was it for me. Like I was I loved it. And then like when this move when the Japanese version, the 54 version finally came out in America, and we'll talk about the censorship of this film, because the American audience uh, having access to the original 54 film uh, is relatively recent. Uh, 2008, 2007, I believe, is when the first uh, public purchase, like first DVDs of this movie came out, even though we had King of the Monsters from 56 yeah. with Raymond Burr. But this version hadn't really been seen in American audiences because this version got super banned. Like you got to remember, this movie came to America, the censors watched it, and they were like, a lot of Americans don't know about what they're talking about. We, we're n- the American government is not ready to talk about that conversation. So they reshot the movie with Raymond Burr, and that's the one everybody knows. And I was, I'll never forget the first time I watched this movie and be like, oh man, this is going to be it. Rubber suit Godzilla, campy, like, you know, the Godzilla camp that we yeah. all know and love. This movie terrified me as a kid, like when I finally saw it in high school. Like it blew my mind because it was like, you know, to dip into the toes of like the levels of how this movie speaks about a country that witnessed and felt the bomb firsthand. God, do you know that Godzilla doesn't have scales? No. Like this Godzilla suit, his skin's not scales and stuff. He's born of the bomb. His skin is based off radiation burns from actual Japanese survivors of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like, he is the bomb. Like, he is everything that Japan experienced with the bomb. And, like, his skin is, he's, he's a burn victim. He's cut, like, you know, his skin's all decayed. If you look at, uh, if you Google Japanese burn victims from Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you'll see the skin is almost the same. Wow. Um, like, I mean, so you know, there's a level of depth here that we're going to touch on. And I really want to, in, in my research, right, of doing this, of, of, and because you taught this in a film class, and I was lucky enough in college to take a couple film classes 
um, the level of depth of understanding the importance of movies, yes. understanding that even as we might look and laugh at some of the special effects that aren't that special, uh, the depth here of what it meant to people, right? Of, of, of what it meant to them to see this, to have an outlet for pain, an outlet for suffering, and a, and a fictional reason to rise above when everything around you is desolated yeah. is, is, is a powerful thing. And, and film can do that. Film can really do that. And that's, and the right film at the right time, you know, Brock Reedy calls it fantasy theme analysis. It's not fantasy like rainbows and unicorns. It's the fantasy of rhetoric of understanding that the history of what's happened and how you build out of that in communication and how important film is in that build out and what that looks like. So let's do this. I'm at 30 seconds. Okay. So get to 30 seconds. When you get to 30 seconds, let me know. And I'm going to hit play. And then, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to have a conversation over this. And listen, I ramble. You cut me off anytime. Do no worries, buddy. <laughs> um, and you know on. I ramble because I've talked with you. So Yeah, no, we're, you know, guys, while I'm getting this set up, uh, Jay, this is funny because like this episode is going to come out before Jason and I's it'll come out crossover. um I'm that, actually probably going to drop this tomorrow for Memorial okay, Day cool. weekend yeah I'll just do a uh, quick turnaround on this and get it ready yeah no that's awesome hold on I'm just making sure everything syncs up um and like you know I like I said guys like Jason was like yeah we're gonna watch it without sound I'm like nope nope I gotta hear the footsteps <laughs> at the beginning of this movie uh I'm at 30 seconds beauty let's hit play Bye -bye. all right here we go and for everyone who doesn't, I mean, one, we're watching the original Japanese version, so. We're not watching the Raymond Burr version. We're, we're not watching, watching the Raymond Burr version, right? Um, and, and it's important because this is, you know, this is a, this is a really beautiful film. And you, you, I, I think there's, there are people that miss certain things about this, right? Um, yeah. They don't. One, the time. Sorry, like, sorry to no, get, in, get in, get in. I'm, I'm like hearing the roar and the footsteps and like, you know, the music that opens up, it's Godzilla's March. And like, people need to understand there are 36 Godzilla films. This film was made in 1954. Godzilla to this day is still relevant. Also, Akira Kiara, I met. He's a really cool guy, really funny guy. How did you meet uh, him? I met him at Godzilla Festival last year. I have a really cool picture of him and I uh, together, and I actually got him to sign a really cool poster of the 1954 uh, Godzilla uh, drawn by Bob Eggleton. Uh, I'll probably send you a picture of that. Please do. Uh, bud, because like, it's one of my proudest moments. And like, he's still alive. Like, oh, sorry. It's just, like, I don't think, like, it's so crazy to think, like, this film was revolutionary to Japan. And like one can even argue that this film is the reason why we have international film and American cinema at all. Like there's actually a huge cinematic debate whether this movie and the bicycle thief from Italy is what got Americans into and this. I would, and and I, that's, I was gonna bring up the bicycle thief to you and ask you. Which I can't stand that film. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not good. No. No offense. And, I mean, I know there's some people that live and die by, just like some people think Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is the scariest movie they've ever seen. And I watched it and laughed sure. at the whole thing. And I was like, I don't, don't, where's the scary part? 
And real quick, so yeah. guys, the opening of this movie with the sailors on the boat. Yep. What do you know? So do you know about this? Because like this actually horrifying. So yeah, the flash of light yep. uh, to the side of the boat, uh, all that jazz, and the glowing of the sea. So what people don't realize is Japanese audiences, when they saw this, they were terrified because this happened. This is a real event that happened to Japan uh earlier that year even um so there was a fishing boat called lucky dragon number five okay uh and when we tested the hydrogen bomb obviously the american government told the people around the bikini patrol like hey we're dropping another one of these things for a test this is the blast radius stay away sure right and this one Japanese, it's like, it's, it's crazy how real this movie is. Um, but this Japanese fishing boat, Lucky Dragon number five, was like, okay, we won't go in the blast radius, but we'll go over to the border because no one will be there, so we'll get all this fish. Sure. That is what happened to them. Because uh, the hydrogen bomb is obviously stronger than the atomic bomb. And uh, they got caught in the blast. And then what's even crazier is it was like a crew of 13 or so. By the time the boat, because the boat survived, uh, by the time the boat got back into port, uh, there was one person left on the boat. Uh, everyone else had died of radiation poisoning. Um, and when they pulled him off the boat, he said may, his final words on this earth were, may I be the last to ever die of this. Oh. And what's really crazy is all the tuna they caught went to market. So this is when I tell people like, we bombed Japan three times. So already like imagine this film yeah. coming across the sea and the American government's like, no one knows what we did. Like Harriet, Tr like Truman, this was his biggest mistake was dropping the bomb not once, but twice. Yeah. Like no one in America knew that this is what the bombs did to Japan. No one sure. knew. It was super censored. So like, you know, if you're a Japanese audience member in 1954 and you're watching this, like you've heard the roar and the stomping and all that jazz, but like everything that's happening right now happened. Like it's, it's a real it's very event. relative. Now, yeah. real quick, because I, I want to, there's, there's a parallel here and I'm going to make, and it's, it's a little obtuse, but go with me here for a minute. They're living through a real thing. And the insulated world, this beautiful patch of dirt we're on, right? Yeah. We get freaked out by War of the Worlds, and it's not real at all. Yeah. Like, we've never experienced it. We've never experienced anything really tragic like that. Of, of, I mean, I don't, and I'm not trying to diminish Pearl Harbor or any other thing, right? No, but I'm just saying the way that we responded to War of the Worlds was the way that you're describing the Japanese responded to something that when this movie came out happened a couple months prior. Yeah. So speaking a little bit hyperbole, obviously, but. It and is, it's mentioned in this movie. They actually do talk about it in this movie. Lucky and no, so it's, it's crazy to me that, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around how blessed we are when we yeah. think about all the things that we get worked up about. And this is another reason why I wanted to pick this, you know, why we picked this film. Right? When you're like, pick a Godzilla movie. I'm like, I want to pick this one because there's a, there's a relative realness to it, as you're describing. But then yeah. there's also a relative insulated part that we live in 
that we, you know, that, that is just, it's, it's amazing. Um, the strength, I, I guess what, what I'm trying to get at is that one film can bring out and highlight the strength and perseverance of, of a person, of a culture, of a society, of a group that can embolden them and make them feel stronger and better about themselves than they've ever felt yeah. before, even in the face of fear. And it seems like this movie, after tragedy, pushed that forward, uh, you know, gave 100%. them strength in fear. It, it's just like one of those things where like, it, this film, it's like one of the things where I actually sit here like kind of like, let me adjust my glasses a bit and kind of sound pompous. But I actually, I actually don't, like I love the Godzilla franchise. I love giant monster movies. And like fun fact, I love Godzilla, but my favorite giant monster of all time is Gamera, the giant flying turtle. Uh, that it's amazing. Gamera's just brilliant. Stop. Um, where now? Where do we? We're doing this movie this summer at some point in time. Is there's a movie no. about it? We are doing this. I've never oh, heard of it. There are I'm tons excited. of Gamera films. They're great. Oh, and like we have done, one. we've we're done two one. episodes for our show for Gamera: Guardian of the Universe and Gamera: Advent Legion. Um, but like. Gorgira is its own animal uh, for me personally in the franchise because like, you know, you and I are watching this film and this is, this is not like, monster movies have like, the only thing that we've had so far is like the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which is great, but it's campy. We've had them, which is great and it's campy. And then we've got Kong 1933 and Lost World 1925. I was going to say Journey to the Center of the Earth was... Uh, way after this was it was it 60s it's, it's the 60s yeah okay um but um it's one of those things where like this this movie is just so it's because like you got to remember this was made after world war ii like mm -hmm. 10 years after the war ended japan is finally starting to try and get some sort of identity uh that's not empire you know yep. they're starting to westernize they're they're trying to find their cultural heritage again but then there's this looming thing because like you know people don't know but like a lot of japanese have cancer and a lot of their cancer is actually based off radiation because of the tuna and stuff but a lot of them don't say anything because they feel like this was their punishment for what they did in world war ii which is why like it's not they you know it's a very sense like, yeah. i live in korea can we for, also can we also say though too that the fishing and uh the history that japan has with the ocean if you go back a hundred years when the ocean isn't overfished when yeah. thousand pound marlin are a dime a dozen and not and so i've been rare, to that tokyo fish market and it's mind-boggling it's mind-boggling what they're pulling out now imagine you're a fisherman uh 200 years ago you're in japan and a giant squid comes up. Yeah. My friend, that's a monster. Cracking open a Sephora. Love it. That's yeah. a monster, though. So think, so think about this. Not only is this movie hitting home historically in a very relevant 10-period era, right, of pain and suffering, A, but B, because of their relationship with the ocean, they have you know, hundreds funny. of years of touching real fucking monsters. It's really, really funny you bring up giant squid because so the story is like honda was on a plane flying over the ocean 
he was thinking about his next film because he knew he wanted to address the bomb. Okay. Um, oh, I love this part. I know. Like, oh my god, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt myself because, <laughs> no, like, get it, get it, brother. Come on now. I love this. Godzilla and like yep. everybody. Like, but this was the thing. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, ridicule our traditional traditions. Japan and Western cult, like Western, like modern beliefs. And like, I've lived in Korea. This is a thing. This is the thing that's still going on to this day. It's like this cultural identity. It, like, how much do we keep of the tradition and how much do we lose? But what I was getting at, because um, I got so excited about that old man yelling to those women about Godzilla's <laughs> going to eat them. No, so he was, was, he was say, flying over the ocean. I was saying giant squid. Yep. Uh, so uh, the idea of Godzilla being a dinosaur was a last minute change. Really? Originally, it was supposed to be an octopus. That makes sense. Originally, it was supposed to be this giant octopus. And then, and like, can, they saw can, the beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which came out in 53. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, let's do a dinosaur, um, which is super cool. And can we also yeah. not agree that the octopus, super terrifying animal? Uh, I mean, oh, I, wanna, I mean, I mean, I've, so when I was in Korea, I actually had Sanmakchi, which is the uh, live octopus tentacles. No, sir. Oh, I did. Did it try to eat you back? Well, so <laughs> that is always the fun thing where I'm like, you have to chew, you have to chew it hard because if you don't, um, it will crawl back up because they eat your brain. Bless. I loved it. I loved it because it made me feel like, you know, it made me feel like a sea monster. Like I was going through the depths and I was eating a sea I love your attitude going um, in. It's fantastic. Like, I, I mean, granted, this is before I changed like my diet to be all like ethical and kumbaya with nature. And then like I watched that Blue Planet 2 special where the octopus used shells to defend itself from a shark like a shield. And I'm like, oh, I can't eat octopus anymore like, because they're too but smart I, but fuck squid i'll eat squid because they're jerks Squids they are jerks squid are jerks squids are got, jerks they're uh i was so i used to be part of a fishing team very loosely part of it. i was the marketing pr person but i got to go out and fish with the guys beautiful 60 yeah. foot boat on uh, captain steve lasley is arguably the michael jordan of big game fishing yeah and he was up on the tower so he's 45 feet up in the tower and there's all these squid below. And he's mad because we're trying to bait fish. And as we're bringing the bait up, the squid are crabbing off the hook and eating them. Yeah. So he takes I mean, two knives. <laughs> so he takes two knives. He goes to the top. And he jumps down in this pool of squid, slashing. And then all of a sudden, you're going, ow, ow, ow. Because they've got those hooks in their mouths. And he comes up and his legs are all cut up. He looks at me like it's my turn. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm not getting in this water whether there's a squid or not. Okay? I don't, this is the deep blue sea. I'm pause, there. pause, yeah, get it. it's happening. Because like, it's happening. like, what's going on? And I'm like, I know what's going on. So like, sorry Don't go out the, there. That's Don't such go out epic, there. Oh man, it's, it's such, like, this is the thing. Like, oh man, I'm just so now, excited. Now here's sorry. the question for you. As we're watching this, as this is happening, um, and, and we're, tangentially, right? Everything will wrap up. So I'm not worried about it. But monster movies, you're a kid, you're loving them. Did you ever have a nightmare about monsters? Was, was there ever a part of you or was there ever a monster when you were growing up that you're just like, that's just not the one for me. I seeing his foot. I just see loving his foot and it's just, <laughs> it's just so great. Sorry, I, like, I hear your question, but I'm just like. No, because they, they, I mean, they got the storm coming in. There's so much going on. I, uh, folks at home, seriously, this is a movie you have to watch. 
It is. It, it is so much fun for me to talk. I about showed it, it to is. my, I showed it to my students and they were like, this is not what we expected it no, to be. And I'm like, you are no, it's so good. This is not spaghetti Western bullshit. All right. This is really, really well done. And I joke yeah. saying the special effects aren't that special, but the emotion of the people, the drama, the cinematography of, of, of the storms and really the drama that traditionally you would say a stoic Japanese person who doesn't show a lot of yes, emotion. It's supposed to be a real helicopter mom. They pull they got out. smashed. <laughs> mother they pull, uh, they pull out so much emotion and for black and white the shots that they get the things that happen are gorgeous they really i mean this is a beautifully shot film there's no and if ands or buts about it. i will also say like special effects wise like yeah we can like you know as my mom just wonderfully pointed out in the sidelines flight you think that's a helicopter i'm like yes mom that's a helicopter it's bad lighting but, like <laughs> but um edgy super i who did the special effects for this film and i really do want to hear the conclusion to your squid story uh but edgy super i who did the special effects for this film uh he was chosen because during the war he would actually make war propaganda films oh, and okay. he did he he specialized in navy battles so he would get like toy boy to, to, that toy boats and do these navy battles as propaganda films about like you know hail the empire blah 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 uh his and like his special effects at this time were so believable that american spies got these propaganda films and showed them to the higher ups and they thought they were real navy battles they're like, wait, did we lose that battle? I don't remember us losing these battles. Like, that's how effective his special effect technique was. And like, Edge of Superaya, like, the team, like, oh, sorry. I love Dr. No, Gia, but, but then let's, and but, let's, go down, let's go down another trail with that real quick. Because yeah. this is something cinema's lost a little bit that it had back then. And that was cinema, which is why there were propaganda films, which is why, you know, Cinema had a, had, a, had a way through the innocence of our mind of not understanding entertainment, had a way yeah. to manipulate us that was different. Yeah. And even, even manipulate people to where you're bringing up a point, right? They're coming back and they're showing these films and the general's like, I thought we won that battle. And they're like, no, yeah. we did, asshole. That's fake. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. I mean, that, so you, I, mean I, I think people need to give pause and understand and really take in what you just said because it shows the power of movie. It shows the power of media. And if you want to fast forward to today and you want to think about what you're absorbing or what you're seeing, whether it's fake news or real news, and I'm not going down that rabbit hole, but I'm just saying have to understand that from propaganda films to real films to everything in between, they're playing at a level above you. Yeah. What you're used to, they're giving you something a little bit ahead to make sure that your senses and your emotion are brought in 100%. And when uh, it's done well, it's done well, right? And when it's done shitty, they're horrible monster movies. And you can type in Godzilla movies and they'll give you the top 10 best and the 10 worst. And what it comes down to is that emotional translation at the time when the movie was shot and where it could reach across and touch someone or not touch someone. Yeah. And, you know, and just going more about like, this film's thing with tradition and culture and stuff, this like romance that we're seeing on the screen was mm -hmm. steamy for the era. Cause like uh, the guy that 
is has the eye patch she's she's engaged to but she's dating takarada's character yeah she's dating Uh, the other guy yeah and like there's this whole thing about you know because that this is when people started to stop doing arranged marriages and all that jazz and like it's really weird to say because like the giant monster movie i mean monster genre has this whole like damsels in distress kind of take and like yes godzilla does have that element like we will see that element in this film and in later godzilla films but it's really crazy to think how like oddly pro women this franchise was because i mean if you if people are like what do you mean i'm like the one monster that has always beat godzilla in a fight is mothra mothra is a female and when Han- when they're like when they asked honda who directed mothra and this film and a lot of other godzilla films like why does mothra beat godzilla and he's like because she's a woman female female power is a real thing like it's it's just that these films have such layers in conversations that you don't really think about with movie monsters because you know you don't and you do right i mean i think culturally you know once again a man who makes propaganda films is 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 pushing a forward agenda which is beautiful yeah you think about when was i mean arguably when was the first time we really had a female superhero in a movie it was alien yeah and then what happened and i and, I what, and, what, and what happened in alien right i mean you was think great. about what happened in alien two things happened that were crazy one a man got raped yep in alien right and gave it and gave birth he got face raped and he gave birth yeah yep yep, Two, yep 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 the robot that could have killed sigourney weaver by just crushing her throat tried to force a magazine into her mouth a phallic right. symbol into her mouth and uh, she and won i will do a shout out like guys <laughs> if you haven't listened to jason and whitney chitwood's episode on alien i really loved it it was did you like great. it i loved it and like dude i'll introduce you to whitney she's you and the whitney best talked about when you and whitney talked about it i always laughed because the first time i saw alien was driving, oh, I love the trilobite scene. I actually, oh, yes. like, my mom's probably gonna roll her eyes, but uh, I have a tattoo idea, because everybody's like, you should get a Godzilla tattoo. And I'm like, I'm not gonna put Godzilla on my body. But I was like, but I should have like some giant monster tattoo on my body. Uh, and I realized, I think I'm gonna put a trilobite at the bottom of my foot. Dude, why uh, don't you a- put the footprints of the monsters you love as tattoos? Well, it's I like, just like the idea of the trilobite. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, before we go, and I'm because I really yeah. want to talk about Alien and like what it is. I <laughs> Dude, it's what all you guys good, said. man. So, and like, mom, I love this part. Hang in there. No, we, we will we'll talk about Whitney in a minute, but this. You, you got to tell mom the chaos of this podcast because it is if chaos. If you notice, if you notice, like, you'll see the footprints in the hillside and like, yeah, we're on an island and like, I have, oh, I just, sorry. I get so excited about this because it's just such a powerful scene because no, nothing ha- like this in Japanese cinema existed yet. But also it's like the, uh, the response of the people is almost like a tsunami response, right? They're no, running high ground, high, I ground, saw it. high ground. Oh, I saw it, a creature from the Jurassic era. <laughs> just, He's got the, the then, shitty camera. He's just oh, like, listen, I saw it. And then you see it. like, and that's a puppet. But it's just so, oh. There it is. And then, 
that that now they're going down. War. They were going up and like down. crazy fact. Originally, uh, Godzilla was actually supposed to have a cow's mouth, like ripping it to shreds. Really? Uh, but they cut it because they thought it was too graphic. Um, but like, and what's even crazier is like, do you know how Godzilla's roar was made? No. It is a resin glove being struck on a guitar and reverbed backwards. Uh, which See, is why awesome. Godzilla like which is why Godzilla doesn't have like why Godzilla's roar seems so realistic is because it is an unnatural sound. Um, and it it's just and like just that moment and just that fear and just the fact that like you know, not only have they discovered this creature, but in its footprints, there are prehistoric animals that have been lost to time. There are, the footprints are irradiated. The well water is irradiated on that island. Like, you know, it's caused destruction. It's caused all this damage. And I love the, the tail and footprints. It's just so- The tail part is awesome because- It's such you know, a the, great detail. There's, yeah, as you can say, the, the attention to detail on some of this, right? is so good and so engaging because honestly i can i think there's a valid <laughs> argument i think it's a valid argument to be made that there's not this same attention to detail on things like that in modern cinema most times oh yeah and like what's even crazier still is like um as crazy as it sounds like this paleontology that he's saying isn't is it totally wrong? Um, you know, especially now that we figured, I mean, found out that Spinosaurus has this very aquatic salamander-esque tail. Did you uh, see what Neil deGrasse Tyson posted the other day? No, I haven't. He, uh, he did a, um, he goes, we don't know what was on a dinosaur. We don't know if it was feathers or fur, or how much muscle or no muscle. We don't know. I mean, we skin. know there's a lot of feather on dinosaurs, but yes, go on. So we don't, we don't, we don't know exactly we just, we have the skeleton, we, we're, we're messing around with it, right? We got the fossils, we're messing around with it. He goes, but if you don't know, here's what a gorilla could look like. And oh. he did a gorilla with a very lean face and still the fangs. Uh, you're skin wrapping. Yes. Oh, the I, gorilla looked fucking terrifying. I, I like, that love doesn't skin exist. wrapping. Uh, Jason's listeners, if you want to have fun with skin wrapping, <laughs> just type in like skin wrapped manatee or uh, future paleontology. There's actually a great, oh, what's that Dude. book called? There's a great book. Uh, oh, uh, From Days of Yesterday, I think is the book's called. It's a speculative paleontology book. Okay. They go into this whole thing about spec uh, skin wrapping. For those playing the home game, skin wrapping is the idea of just drawing an animal simply based off its skeleton. Sure. And people are like, oh, yeah, well, like, we draw a T-Rex based off the skeleton. I'm like, okay, fair. Uh, draw me a whale just based off its skeleton. Terrifying. Uh, and it's, you know, it's nightmare. Uh, look up a baboon or a goose or, like, you know, what's even crazier is, like, if you're only judging an animal from its skeleton, like, one of my favorite points that this book points out is you find a skeleton of an iguana but you found all these mammal skeletons, but you don't know the difference between an iguana and a rat. You would think the iguana is also a mammal. So yep. when you reconstruct it, you'd give it fur because you'd think it's like a mammal. Like it's, you know, there are some dinosaurs that have feathers. Uh, well, not some, like technically almost every dinosaur probably had some kind of feathering on it, especially as we're learning more about it. Like there's a T-Rex, a Tyrannosaur called Eutyrannus, which was found in China. And it was a 30 foot long covered in feathered predator um oh, and like feet long and i mean and that's technically kind of small no was it 30 or 
no, 30 sounds about right. Like, someone could fact check me, but Uteranus is great. Uh, well, I mean, like, oh, and, like, what's even crazier is, like, you know, dinosaurs and birds are the same thing. Like, they yeah. are the same animals. Um, like, that's not a question of debate. Like, if you take chicken, a chicken embryo and turn on its dormant DNA, the chicken will grow teeth. Like, there's a whole debate whether or not we should make terrible birds. Because uh, you can no, reverse engineer no. a dinosaur. There's not a, a debate. There's not a debate. The answer is no. You don't make terrible I mean, birds. Look, we've already got just killer get a chicken. You'd all already. You just have a chicken with teeth. Like it'd still be a chicken, but it wouldn't be. No, it's anything. not. But real Chickens quick, are already assholes. I don't yes. need them with teeth. <laughs> real quick to just go back to the Whitney thing. Yeah. Because this is relevant. This actually is relevant to what this movie does. Sure. And everybody in the room, including my mother, should notice that this is oddly covid related uh like all monster movies because the government is literally discussing whether or not how the public should be addressed sure. and then the men say and the women go the public should be made aware yes uh, this is exactly this why it must be made public and and the men say quiet but the women are like no people should know that there's this giant dinosaur in the <laughs> ocean as a result from the h-bomb like this is like i love it because and it goes back to Alien, because the first time I saw Alien was, I'll never forget it, driving in the car on the way to St. Augustine with my family. Okay. Uh, and I remember Alien. I was so excited. It was so cool. And when the captain died, my brain did a twist, because I was like, wait, then who's the main character? And then it was Sigourney Weaver. And Sigourney Weaver's badass. badass. And I was just like, you know, for me as a little boy, watching Alien at the age of 10 because you know and I sit here being like my youngest brother was like six he was desensitized um, and more COVID related thing the government's yelling about like how they should handle the disaster response and every scientist in the room is just like oh my god <laughs> like just we know what to do everybody needs to calm down and actually yeah see atomic tuna radioactive yep. fallout uh this is awful it's that scene cut like that was, like I said, this movie talks about all the things that would happen. And then she's like, I escaped Nagasaki. Like, this is stuff that's not in the English version. And, like, you can't imagine this. See, um, I think people need to realize that when, you know, we have this idea, and not to get off track too much, we have this idea of... Us get off track too much. I know, never. right? How dare me. Well, we have this idea of freedom of press and freedom of speech and freedom of this and freedom of that. And the reality is, the very real reality is, is that at any given time in society, there has been a, a buffer or a filter that things have gone through, right? And best intentions be damned, it just happens. And, and, I, and, I, and I think people need to realize that so maybe Americans can pull back their arrogance a little bit of how free we are versus maybe how protected we are. Yeah. Which I think is very different, right? It's just like, I was talking to a friend today and you were talking about COVID-19 and he's just like, I'm so frustrated. And I said, you know why you're frustrated? Because communication is politicized on absolutes versus it's okay to make a mistake. Yeah. Fauci in January on 60 Minutes said it's not a big deal. It's not even as bad as the cold. And that's okay because he didn't know. And that's, and guess what? It's okay. We just got a report today or yesterday that said it actually doesn't transmit on surfaces like we thought. So you don't yeah. have to wear gloves. And guess what? That's okay. 
The problem is. I mean, I'm still going to wear my gloves, but. Yeah, but the problem is, is that you don't want to own a mistake or you don't want to own a transition or an understanding of something different you, because it's become politicized versus humanized. And the human aspect of being able to talk to someone and, and be vulnerable is, seems like such a bad thing in politics, but among friends and people, like don't follow that trail. Follow the yeah. trail of humil humility, follow the trail of understanding, follow the trail of it's okay to be wrong, because guess what? That means you're that much closer to being right. You're that much closer, because you've already yeah. figured out what's fucking wrong. And to even put this into where we are in the film. Happily, please. Uh, just the reason, you know, the Yamane doesn't want Godzilla to be killed because he views it as a scientific achievement. Like, you know, Japan has suffered from the bomb and now he sees a creature that's not only survived the bomb, but living from it. The scientific potential for it and it just wants to be killed. It wants to be destroyed. It just like wiped clean as it never existed. And it's one of those things where like you even sit here during COVID, like, you know, we, uh, during our When Earth Day Attacks series, we did the film The Bay. Okay. Um, and uh, I did it with two wonderful marine biologists and my friend uh, and some friends. Uh, great horror film. Uh, I believe it got an A minus on our show or an A, but we made, like, we recorded it in February and we, right around the time when it was being said that COVID was coming to America and we made a joke like all the thousands of people who've died in America from COVID-19. Um, because like we thought obviously the CDC is going to handle it better than these isopods killing people. Absolutely. And it didn't get handled as well. And now I'm like, you know, I feel awkward because it's just like one of those things where it's just like we made a mistake and like I'll own up to him. Like that was a joke of bad taste, but we didn't know. But I'll own up that like that joke was inappropriate. Uh, and yeah, but you chance. owned up to it. Which but I was... But, but yeah. you owned up to it. You're you're an adult but, about it. You're not. And hiding. then Godzilla shows up in the bay during the. By the way, scene. that show up. You know what? You know what that kind of reminds me of? Titanic. What? They're partying on the boat, and that's the iceberg. There's so, actually there's actually uh, <laughs> there's a comic done by Dark Horse Comics back in the day. Uh, I own both volumes of it, but there's a story arc where Godzilla goes through time because, like, of course he does. Um, and in the comic, it's revealed that Godzilla's why ti the Titanic sank. Um, like he was I the iceberg because like he went, oh, I love it too. But what's even funnier is like, they said with Godzilla being in that timeline of sinking the Titanic, more people survived because the general heat he was emitting from his body while he was breathing fire breaths on the iceberg and the Titanic actually saved people because it kept them warm while they were waiting for rescue. And I'm just like, bravo Yay. for thinking it through. Yay. Just Bravo. everything's yay. Um, but it's just, it's just so fascinating because like, as you see, like they're more afraid of the fact that like, if we don't stop Godzilla, we're gonna have to close the shipping lanes. It's gonna affect our economy. And they're asking the one scientist who doesn't want Godzilla to die being like, uh, no, like we want to, we, we need to get rid of this problem. Like, how do we kill it? Like we, yeah. we want to open up Japan again. Um, and you know, you know, you, and I love him saying Godzilla was baptized in the fire of the H bomb. Like, how can we kill it? That's the thing that's 
we know kills everything and Godzilla survived. Like we don't understand. Um, like it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, blue co- oyster cult nails Godzilla's purpose on the head. You know, nature reminds mankind over and over again, the, fo- the folly of man, like all that jazz. It's just, yeah. And I, and I would say, I would say that it's also, it's, it's the idea of Godzilla to me, especially this movie. It is the idea of so born from pain, born from tragedy, but a tragedy also that really wasn't addressed globally. Yeah. Right? It was hidden away. It was pushed to the side and this ugly, aggressive thing pops up and everyone's like, yeah, but can we just get rid of that so we can just move on? Like no one wants to deal with the mental health, the mental gymnastics, no one wants to deal with the crying. No one wants to deal with the pain. No one wants to, to touch the real things that make us work. Instead, it's like, yeah, but if the restaurants are opened up and if the subway works, I don't care what you're fucking feeling. The monster's yeah. gone, bitch. Go to work. And no one wants to, and I think this movie touches on that. And personally for me, it does, right? Personally for me, this movie touches on the fact of a person saying, you know, I want Godzilla to live because I want you to face the pain that you went through. And it's funny because there's also another idea of why Godzilla attacks Japan specifically. And this idea eventually actually was explored in a more modern take of the Japanese Godzilla, which is Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah. Okay. Uh, Godzilla also represents the travesties like the the hubris of japan and what they did during the war because you got to remember japan still has not really officially apologized for what it did to asia um, and, and, like, and can we also say that asia is and, and people don't like to talk about this but asia is, is you know culturally a very for lack of a better a very racist place there's a hierarchy it, it is it is it is a, like and you're right. You're, you're hitting the nail right on the head. Cause like, as I tell people like, look, Asia, Asian racism is a really weird thing from ours. Cause like people, like I've actually had people ask me like, how can Asians hate Asians? Cause they all look alike. And I'm like, Ooh, Oh my God. Like, down the wrong trail. Like, there, camp. <laughs> but, but like my mom lived in China. I lived in Korea. I've been to most of these countries, but like, you got to remember Asians hate Asians because they have all these histories of how awful they've treated each other over the years. And like Japan takes the cake because like, you know, to pardon the language, but they just straight up raped all of Asia during. Well, it was Japan and Mongolia, right? It's like, well, like, but no one, competition. But like Mongolia, that, that's like really old news. Like, yeah, there's, there's stuff about it, but you don't really hear it. Cause like, oddly enough, uh, most as weird as this is going to sound, most people, when I was living in Korea and Seoul, uh, most of the people who tried to sell you cell phones were Mongolians. It was a very strange experience. Really? Now, but, have you um, heard, now real quick, sorry to interrupt, but real quick. Have you heard Dan Carlin's piece on Mongolia on Genghis Khan? No, I don't think so. Hardcore history, Dan Carlin. Mm, I like Okay, I do like hardcore. I'll definitely check that out. So it's an eight-part series, and it is the most. Oh, so what? That's like three days. It's like three days of 
of listening. Because I love hardcore history, but that is the intimidating factor of hardcore history. It is, right? Because you're like, this guy spent nine months to do two hours of, of, of talking to me. Yeah. Damn it, Dan. But no, his Genghis Khan thing, it's free. It is, it will blow your mind so, with what they did to people. But yeah, like, sorry, go on. So Japan. But and, it's like with, like, for instance, there's actually even illusions that Sarazawa is this reclusive scientist because he was a scientist during the war and worked with Germany. Like, okay. they, they say that he studied in Germany before now. Or they say something like it. It's, it's, there's all this, because like Honda was a pacifist. Honda was in the war, but he hated what his country did. Okay. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's really insane because people don't really quite get it. And it's like uh, a great example of this uh, is my mom came to visit me in Korea and I picked her up from the airport and we were on the subway and, you know, I definitely will say I missed Korean subway systems. It was the best. But my mom and I are sitting and she's so excited and she's looking around and she sees on the TV in the subway train this rock in the ocean. And she's like, why do they keep showing this rock, this island? It's this bare island. And I'm like, mom, that's dope dough. Uh, and she's like, well, why is it important? I'm like, we can't talk about it here. Because I'm like looking around because I've already said it. I could already see Korean eyes on me. And I'm like, we can't talk about Dokdo in, in, in a public place. She's, like, she's just louder. Like, what's with the no. island? Yeah, Tell she's me. like, what's with the island? And she, I'm just like, <laughs> okay. So like Dokdo is Korean, but apparently after World War II, when they redrew all the borders and stuff, Dokdo became Japan. Uh, and they're upset and they want their island back, but Japan's like, it's not your island, it's our island. Like, look on maps, it's Japanese waters. And like, no, it's Korean waters. And like, the, J Korea's trying to fight Japan on this on the UN. It's a very, like, if you, if you want to start a fight with a Korean person, just say Japan owns Dokdo and you will get the fight of your life. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like saying to Taiwanese, hey, it's so cool where I'm China. Yeah, and right? Taiwan, no, exactly. Like, like people, Whoa. like, and like Americans don't like we do have concepts like that, but like a perfect example of this is when I was in Korea during cherry blossom season, and I was like, "Wow, these cherry blossoms are so amazing!" And I was like, "I didn't know Korea had cherry blossoms," because I was like, "These look like Japanese cherry blossoms," and my Korean friend was like, "Well, they are Japanese cherry blossoms," and I'm like, "Well, how did they get here?" And it's like, "Well, during the occupation of Japan, the Japanese army." went around and uprooted the national flower of Korea and replaced them with the Japanese cherry blossom. You so after <laughs> they left, Korea would always remember that they were owned by Japan at one point. Mother. That's, by the way, that's, that's some dark shit. It's like, that's you some know, people, dark shit. People are like, you know, like we, you and I can both say right now, racism is bad but asian racism it's like it's kind of justified like i had students when i was teaching in uh, korea who actually wrote papers about how they wanted to assassinate the japanese prime minister well um, also can you imagine like here we'll take down a racist southern statue right this guy yeah. was he wrote a novel on how many blacks he killed and we're like we need to take this statue down no 100%. In, in korea what are they gonna they're just uprooting every fucking tree in the country. Like J Japan came in, they're like, even if we go, 
it's, fuck you. It's We're still so gonna be wild. Here. It's like, that's you know, wild. I, it's, I just said a different level like, of racism. Like, you know, when, uh, it's really funny because a lot of Koreans don't watch Godzilla movies and like Korea has a very weird thing with giant monster movies in general. Um, but it was they really do more funny zombie movies, right? What? Oh yeah, well, they do do the zombie movies. They do more zombie movies. I still have not seen Train, uh, Train to Busan yet. Hmm. Uh, I've, been Busan. I've been on that train. Um, I don't know why I haven't seen it yet. Um, oh, and just real quick. So mom, to catch you up, he showed her something in the science lab and it shocked her bad. And also what's um, mom making right now? Because I heard the microwave go. Uh, mom, she, oh, it's just pistachios. I don't know why the microwave is on. Oh, for tea, for tea. Um, hit that sh hit that rosé mom come on <laughs> <laughs> he says he says you should deserve another glass of rosé i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a couple more beers mom i'm just saying so come on but, um it's it's just really wild and like people don't know it and i always feel awkward because they're like henry you signed like i'm like people are like why did you leave korea and i'm like well it was really easy to live in korea but also like culturally it's really messed up um, well, I mean, I've talked about it on my own show too. Like, like oh, I yeah. love, like I loved my time in Korea. There are tons of positivities in Korea, but like my buddy, I went to uh, high school with. He's a teacher, Tim. Tim Bray. I'm gonna go shout out to Tim, and I'll tag him when I put this on Facebook. Yeah. Tim, but um, he's out there, you know, and he's always sharing this cool stuff. So he's gonna love this part of this podcast because he's gonna relate, and I'm gonna get some messages. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's like always funny because when I do anything controversial and I put it on any podcast that has, and every podcast of mine has something where there's like some tangent, someone's like, oh, I'm offended. But no one ever comments yeah. on Instagram. I get direct messages and they're like, Hey, you know what? And I'm just like, dude, put it out there. If you're this strong about it, I encourage you to start a conversation. I, I feel bad because like, I actually just was talking with a friend yesterday. Um, and she was telling me like I was on an internet board about Korea and I was talking about like some of the negatives of Korea and someone called her a racist and she was like what are you talking about and I'm like don't worry about it like it's like people don't understand because everybody just thinks Korea is k-pop and I'm like even that scene is like super messed up that but and the cutting like, of the eyelids to make the eyes rounder it's really fucked it's, up dude well I mean like I've had a friend in Korea who's a person of color uh, go into a skincare shop and the attendant went up to her and said oh you should use this lotion and she was like why and I was like well it's got whitening in it so it'll help your skin because she was oh. yeah like it's but like the thing is they it's like this really weird ignorance and like you know during Ebola like when Ebola was happening in America uh, Korea like some bars in Korea banned blacks because they all carried Ebola and it was just like this, it's just this really, it's just ignorant nightmare fuel. Um, but and it but I will really say this, and this is how I look at all of this, right? I don't know. I, I, I look at things and I always have a, I always have an opinion and a take and a commentary, but I also have an overarching theory. And my yeah. overarching theory is very simple. I don't, I didn't live their history. Right. I didn't live their families. I didn't live their culture. I didn't, it, I didn't, I wasn't a part of their life. So I'm not going to judge them on what's happening as much as I'm going to constructively say, hey, this is pretty messed up. However, once again, 
I wasn't a part of what made your family, your culture, and who and what, and what you are. And I think that's important for everyone to know because we are so quick to go black and white and judge someone in our culture, in our cancel culture, versus looking at someone and saying, man, guess what? Henry was a baby at some point. I was. I was a baby. Right? And like he was a baby and he moved around to a lot of different places. And so Henry's super blessed because he's seen a, a multitude of cultures. So his approach to life is different than let's say someone that I might know who's only born and raised and never left Montana. Yeah. And I also sit here, you know what? Speaking of black and white, Jason, I love this part. <laughs> get it. Sam, I love get like, it. You know, you just get me off my political oyster. rants and you, you get it. Dude, Come on. You just hear Blue Oyster Cult picks up a train and throws it back down. Dude. Uh, or picks up a bus and throws it back down. Like, what's with the hands though? Because I remember. Okay, Godzilla actually, the, the hands. Thank the, you. Come so on. Godzilla is actually uh, a hybrid between three dinosaur designs at the time. Like, as weird as it sounds, Godzilla is actually a very accurate dinosaur by science at the time because he is based off. Uh, uh, a T-Rex, I believe either T-Rex or Allosaurus, Iguanodon and Stegosaurus which is why he has the dorsal plates and his hands are set like an Iguanodon's hands yeah. um, which have that kind of thing and like what's crazier still is like you gotta remember that is a guy in a suit that is Haro Nakajima who not only was Godzilla but he was like Rodan and Gyra and just all these things and like him picking up the bridge it's just so good and like as you can see now with the skin <laughs> as you can see now with the skin like you see he doesn't have skills he's a burn victim and he yeah. just goes in and he's just blind he's the bomb the bomb doesn't care what's going on he just moves through and it's just oh man it's just but i love I, the I feel so bad because we were having this really good political thing but like no when, but it's the, this is the stuff, point of this but that's the point of this podcast right is that you the the whole reason i built this podcast the reason why i do what i do and i and i love it is because i would put my mom's like oh pan am and i'm like yeah that's how old this movie is pan am it is pan am pan am someone's in a short skirt getting their ass grabbed mom on the stewardess but it's like i did this podcast because i would have people over i'd put a movie on on the patio and we'd be drinking beers and talking and someone be like that's my scene hold on hold on hold on yeah and it's like what were we talking about it's like who cares (laughs) <laughs> that's hilarious or that's different or that so, ignites something differently and that's and this is honestly for people who you know have friends over and watch shows and talk and actually engage dude if you're not talking to your friends and bringing up something that might be a little challenging or a little different or a little thought-provoking then you might have kind of the wrong friends well, it's like how my my co-host Luba like loves hates me because like I've made them watch all these monster movies and now they understand tropes. Like when we saw Underwater earlier this year, uh, what did you think theaters. of Underwater? Uh, well, it got a D on our show. Well, um, I would have given it an F, but it's, you're so it's, nice. <laughs> it's very it's very basic. It's a very basic monster movie, and like you know, there's the whole history about the fact that that film was supposed to come out like four years ago because T.J. Miller is still in it because. T.J. Miller's is just dumpster fire of a human being right now, but um, but like, also look up what the, he's the first done. time they get the monster, it looks like the monster from Alien. I'm like, well, you I just mean, rip things off from Alien underwater. I mean, like, dicks? you know, it was funny because you know, I'll never. Freak, I was like a proud parent in the movie theater because Luba leans over to me and goes like, 
isn't this that trope? And I'm like, I could cry right now. <laughs> like, God bless you, sweetheart. Yes. You watched all these monster movies with me, and now you know what's going on. But like, what's your I favorite also, candy? I also, I'm going to get it. I also want to point out, because uh, this is why I had to watch this movie with sound. Uh, did you see King of the Monsters, the yeah. 2019 one? Yes. You know this is the same music, right? No. Oh, yeah. It's, it's I why I like... Together. It's why King of the Monsters like hits me so hard is because this is, music was done by Akira Ukafube. Akira Ukafube, probably butchers his name. Someone's going to correct me, but whatever. Um, the all in this film, like the bum, 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 bum is in 2019. It's why like when Godzilla shows up in Boston, yeah. I'm always in tears because it's the Godzilla march. It's, you know, like, when you listen to this music, it literally is Godzilla coming to shore. It's the bum, 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 as he comes out of the sea. And then like, when it gets to this high pitch, it's like the military coming. And it's just this, it's just, it's like, like, this is why, these also, movies are such an experience because like they get you pumped but they also just, mad like, respect that they're gonna tie that together i mean the mother song awesome. is in 2019 like that's it's awesome. one of the re- like 2019 has issues like king of the monsters has issues but like my goodness when i saw an imax my friends who saw it with me like didn't watch the movie because they were just watching me in the imax theater chair literally like bare knuckling the chair because i'm like crying because i just like can't believe this movie is this layered love letter to the genre and the original music is in it and it's just all this epicness and like you know i was like okay this movie is cool but then like the first scene when mothra's larva goes and mothra's you know song plays for a little bit i'm like oh my god they're doing the music like holy crap that's so crazy and it's just like you know people are like oh godzilla's stupid i'm like he can't it can't be that stupid this movie came out in 1954 and we're still talking about it no i mean listen i think it's an epic film um i mean when you said pick a godzilla movie i wanted to go to this because of everything i read about it and the depth that it had versus um other Godzilla films because unlike, I mean, this is the, this is one of the rare monster movies that focused a lot on the people first. Yes. Like the monster was there and he's always there and you're hearing warnings and you're hearing radio and you're seeing it come out, you know, you're the, but you still, you're, you're experiencing it, not from the monster of destruction, you're experiencing right. from the people. And that's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful thing. It's, it's the people underfoot. I mean, I sit here being like, you know, next time you're on the show, like you want me on your show, we should yeah. do Shin Godzilla, which is the latest Japanese incarnation of Godzilla because it's pretty much almost at the same caliber of this film, but it's much more bureaucratic. Like a lot of, like I've had friends who watch it with me and like, 
why hasn't Japan attacked Godzilla yet? And I'm like, well, they can't, because you see, after <laughs> World War II, we put all these accords out, and Japan literally needs permission from both America and the UN to use any kind of military action. They just have a great Godzilla police force. Isn't, like, and, you know, that's only if a country is attacking them. Godzilla is technically not a country. He's like a natural disaster. So using their military kind of breaks all these accords after World War II. And people are like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, no, like, Japan can't do shit. They can't. I mean, they have, a, they have probably one of the best police forces in the world. Yes. They don't have a military, and they don't have a navy. And they can't, I mean, their, their first um, naval ship, I think, came out in the mid-90s. And it got mm-hmm. approved through the U.S. They're like, okay, you can have this because Kim Jong-un is, you know, or his dad at the time was being a real dick. So, yes. Do you know the fun story about the Kims and giant monsters? Dude, talk to me, please. Because that's a fascinating... North Korea actually has a giant monster movie uh, called Pulagasari. And I still have not seen it. And I am saving that that blessed joy for my show because I cannot wait to watch it. Pulagasari. So, Pulagasari has this whole history because pretty much... uh, Little Kim wanted a monster movie because everyone else had a monster movie. <laughs> so what they did is they sent agents to Japan and they pretty much hijacked a crew from Toho, including uh, one of the actors who played Godzilla. And they pretty much said, you have to be in this movie and we'll let you go as like your payment of film. Like we'll let you free. We'll let you go back home. Stop. Uh, and that's it was like It was, was like made. a legit like, hey man, we just want this movie we'll send you back home when it's done and like i mean i sit here being like i want to talk about pulugasari but seeing how nakajima in the suit again it's just well dude walking through the lines the power line and it's like oh wait this guy this monster and you gotta think how Remember we were growing up as kids, like power lines, and this is when we were kids, right? When I was a kid, I like yeah. from power lines. My buddy Johnny, power line hit his arm, took it off. He had one arm in high school. Could you imagine the way people saw power and the way people saw electricity back then? And you got Godzilla just walking through these power lines like it's no big deal. He's like, get out of my way. And it's also the first time you see Godzilla use his breath and yep. he just melts the power lines and like it's just such an amazing effect. Well, he's a, he's, I mean, and like the thing is, so like in that suit is Haru Nakajima, as I said, a hero. And um, I can actually say I've met all three actors. Well, I've met two actors. Haru Nakajima passed away a few years ago. Um, and like one of my, oh, I always feel bad. I always forget his name. Um, hold on a second. I got to do a quick Google so I can say it Please right. get it. It's okay, man. Uh, but like, so I, I actually have this like really, uh, it's like this very interesting, uh, hold on. I just, so Aron Akajima died in 2017. And okay. I was so sad because I was like, I could never meet him. Um, and so this will be my first story. It's going to be out of order, but um, he he was he played Godzilla for many years, and um, so he was the first Godzilla actor. And then uh, we had uh, Satsuma, who played the '90s '80s Godzilla, who was Godzilla 1985, and I've met him as well. I also met uh, uh, 
Kitagawa, who played Godzilla in the Millennium Era from like 1999 to uh, 2004, I believe. And I met Kitagawa first, and I met him at Monster Palooza, and it was one of the reasons why I went to Monster Palooza because when I came back from Korea, I had this pension money and all that jazz, and I was like, I'm going to go to Monster Palooza, I'm going to go to California, I'm going to go to this monster convention because one of the actors who plays Godzilla and also one of my favorite artists who's designed Godzilla in the movies will be there. And um, I meet Kitagawa and I'm like freaking out. I actually had to call my partner at the time because I thought they were going to be in the back, but they're literally like the first people you see. And I was like, it's like the person who I idolized the most. Cause like, and my mom can attest, a lot of people can attest that like, so I also design monsters and I design creatures and one of the ways that I like make my creatures realistic is I mimic. Like I could probably say I know the choreography for all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Uh, Cause you know, why not? Um, but when Kitagawa and I took a picture together, he was like, do you want like a friend picture or do you want a Godzilla picture? I'm like, let's do Godzilla. And so I do my Godzilla stance and he turns to correct me cause he's been correcting people all day about how he does the stance. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, you have a very good stance. And I almost cried. Because <laughs> I was just like, all those years of acting like Godzilla in front of the TV finally paid off. And then like, you know, later that year, I met uh, uh, Satsuma, who was uh, the go- my first Godzilla. And meeting him was just like this really crazy emotional experience for me. Because I'm like, dude, you were my first Godzilla. Like, I wouldn't be who I am without your Godzilla. And I also laughed because my mother's in the room. Uh, Satsuma's first uh, Godzilla character he ever played was my mom's favorite giant monster, Hedora, which is a giant pollution monster. And it's my mom's favorite Godzilla film, so much so that she might have uh, aneurysms or, you know, one could say trauma from experiencing that film uh, when she was being a good mom taking me to Chief Fez. And, and but, I'll tell you this real quick. Here's the thing I want people to take away from this. And I, I hate to interrupt, but I just want to say this because I think this is very important. Folks, listen. And, and rewind and listen to what Henry just said again, please. And the reason I say that is because if you have a passion for something, go do it. But do the research. Find the people. Save the money. Go do the things that get you close as you can to what you're passionate about. Go do it. You know, and, and modern times, if you want to see how that relates to modern times and what following your true passions and, and not giving up and going after something, what that looks like, go Google Joe Rogan and Spotify. Oh, I love that. He just Sorry. signed a $100 million contract because he stayed true to himself. You have a passion for Godzilla from when you were a child. You stayed true to that, but you also did the research and understood who the people were, why they're there. You're giving more information on a film than I ever thought possible. And you've got troves more in the wheelbarrow ready to throw out. And I want yeah, people to understand much. that because I get people email and go, you missed my one favorite part of the movie. And I'm like, you know what? Go to your own podcast. Hey, but oh, we, I'm going to interrupt you. So this yeah, scene. This scene, sorry, I, like get what it, you're no, saying it, is it, very it. inspiring and all that jazz, but I need to talk about this scene. Um, so Godzilla's like smashing buildings. There's the famous bird shot. 
and we just saw like a mother with her two kids yep holding uh, huddling up and there's a lot of debate about what she says and i think it's about to come up um i kind of hope yeah so this scene where she goes we're going to join daddy will be where daddy is soon is a huge debate about what that scene is supposed to represent mm -hmm. because a lot of people think that like because one some people are like well she's too young to be a wife of a person who fell in world war ii but like there's a debate whether he was a soldier in the Pacific conflict that died or he was someone who died during Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Oh, okay. Um, which is, which is tough because like, obviously they died, you know, Godzilla has breathed fire on them, like has smashed them through. Like even as this disaster is going on, Honda is still showing us shots of a country this isn't new to them this isn't the first time they've seen something like this they've no, seen this horror before it's reconciliation right yeah. i mean it's, 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 just, it's the emotional reconciliation of tragedy it's just put in it's, monsters it's haunting um it's just a haunting concept because like you know in king of the monsters with raymond burr this is all a flashback and we get it from raymond burr's point of view and so it is kind of like a hokey pokey monster movie because like she doesn't get dialogue in the one um but like it's like i remember seeing that as a kid and i'm like holy crap that is haunting the fact that we're going to join daddy soon i remember when i showed this to my film students they were like wait is that what she just said and i'm like yeah no um they also fun fact that's like the only bit of stop motion in this movie originally godzilla was supposed to be stop motion but it wasn't in the budget, so they did a suit instead. Uh, the first suit was like 350 pounds, and when they asked Haru Nakajima to move, uh, he stood there for a minute and then fell over. Uh, <laughs> you actually can only, these suits, you can only be in for about like five to 10 minutes before you like suffer from heat exhaustion. Wow. Um, like they're, you know, you could look, there aren't breathing holes, there aren't yeah. stuff. Like it takes- They didn't like, give Godzilla oh, gills, FYI. No. They did not yet, um, but like, and just speaking of Haro Nakajima, because I do want to bring this up. So, you know, I got my autograph from Kitagawa. I got my autograph from Satsuma and I was just so happy about it. But then I was like, I'm never going to get my, like, I felt like a horrible person because I'm like, I'm never going to get my Nakajima autograph because he's dead, you know, like, as, like I felt awful as a human being because I have these three, you know, these two Godzilla actors signed with their, my favorite suits of them. And like, you know, I felt awful because like, you know, I sit here being like, man, I'm that kind of nerd, that kind of fan that I wish I had met him before he passed simply so I can complete my set. And then when I went to G-Fest last year, um, my friend Robert, who's this fantastic photographer, um, I was telling about this and he was like, yeah, dude, I understand. Like that, it's a weird feeling because it's like I want it to complete. And what was weirder still was um, at that Godzilla festival, Nakajima's daughter was there, Sone Nakajima. 
like wonderful woman like she goes to g-fest and she can't believe like how many people her father touched just love just the 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 droves of people still that just love her father and just celebrate his you know it's like you know he's godzilla you know like it's weird. And then like, I was telling Robert about this and it sucked, but then Robert goes, Hey dude, I'm like, what? At the G fest, at this booth, they actually are selling a Nakajima autograph. I'm like, no way. He's like, yeah. Um, and he was like, you're my, one of my best friends. So he was like, I'll buy it for you. And like, you just pay me back or buy me dinner later on that stuff. And I'm like, deal. So I got it. And I was like, this is so cool. And then a part of me, because like I had just gone to uh, Stone's table at G-Fest and I got this really cool like little cloth that has a drawing of Haru Nakajima and all the monsters he played in Toho. Godzilla, Varan, Baragon, one of the Montango, Daira, just Rodan, like all these monsters, super cool. And they said, because I bought it, she would sign something for me. And I was like, okay. And I was like, what is it am I going to have to sign? And I look at my autograph of Haru Nakajima and I'm like, I want to have her sign it too. So I went up to her and I had her sign. I, I went up to her and I'm like, can you sign this? And she holds it and she sees her father's signature there. And like her English is not the best, but it was this really, like I actually, like after this, I actually had to like go sit down and kind of like, breathe because I had this like really emotional moment with her because like she loved her father like he he was a good man and for me to ask like can you put your signature next to your father's signature for me was this like really it was this really weird human moment at like because G-Fest is crazy but like time seemed to stop for me because it was like you know, we had this moment of mourning and celebration at the same time for her dad. And she like was super honored and like, you know, she shed a little bit of a tear. I shed a little bit of a tear and, you know, she, you know, bowed and I bowed back. I almost spoke Korean and I almost felt awful because like I was just so used to still speaking Korean. Um, And that would just been a nightmare, but like I didn't. But it's just like one of those things where I'm I'm really happy that I have and like I have this really cool framed picture in my little corner of the kitchen slash studio uh, with all three of their autographs next to each other and this wonderful drawing done by Matt Frank with them uh, and my signature with Akira Takirata. Um, but it's like this really weird thing where like it's for me it's kind of wild that i've met almost all my heroes you know like i'm 29 i'll be 30 next year i've been to every continent but antarctica and like when people say what got you there i'll be like well two things like one i was lucky enough to be born into a family that could say stuff to me and then two i like dinosaurs like all of this is because i like dinosaurs and like two break my somber personal thing uh what's crazy about that shot of the destruction of uh tokyo it's actually based off honda's own personal account of driving through 
uh, Nagasaki. It's either Nagasaki or Hiroshima. Like that, the damage that Godzilla left in the aftermath is mm-hmm. supposed to mirror that. And like, I will remember my students being like, this is disturbing because these kids are now being checked for radiation yeah. and have radiation. Like, and you this see. This is, people, I think, it, I don't think people realize sometimes uh, it's not a monster movie. It's a monster yeah. movie, but the monster isn't the monster. Oh, yeah, and you know, nothing the like monsters, seeing this little girl whose yeah. mom is dead, and she's yeah. freaking she's out. Freaking out, but sometimes the monster isn't the monster. Sometimes the monster is is the the subterfuge, the un, the underlayer. It's it's what Godzilla represents, yeah. which is the cruelness that can come from humanity, right? It's, right. I mean, what, what we can, le- there's so much that people can learn from this film. And, and then quite honestly, there's more that people can learn from, from that wonderful story you just shared. Because once again, you didn't sit in your room and wonder what it would be like to meet someone. You didn't sit down and, and ponder what it'd be like to, to, you went out and did it. Yeah. And I, you know, I always encourage people. I'm always saying to people, like, stop saying you want and start doing. And even if it's little, just do it, man. I mean, get out there and do it. You want to go. People are blown away. They're like, I can't believe you lived in all these different states and you did this and you flew to France and you met these people and you were in Angoulême with the mayor and you and you went to Brazil because the department of Com- like, because I asked, because yeah. I did it. Well, it's like, I'm know, not mom- special. Like my mom asks, like, how do you get all these people on your show? And I'm like, I asked them. Like, you asked. I, I Instagrammed you, and I was like, dude, love <laughs> I your was show. psyched. You want to be on my like? If you like, like, oh, yeah. I, and I also tell people like, listen to my show first. If you like what I'm spitching, spitching. That's a word, apparently. <laughs> um, it's a spit note. It's all good. But uh, you know, I actually pause it see because i'm going to interrupt myself because of this film i always laugh because i had one so when i showed this in my film class because they were really wondering like what scared her so much and they saw this scene and i had one student she was a great actor i'm really proud of her but she saw these fish skeletons and like she understood why this is terrifying because this weapon literally killed all these eviscerates yeah horrible way um and fun fact this weapon is in godzilla 2019 i literally like when they brought it up in the film uh i like freaked out <laughs> i really freaked out because i was not expecting it but um you know she's just like henry teacher i know i know that part's really intense and like really crazy and all that jazz but like i'm sorry it destroyed the oxygen and turned them into bones <laughs> i'm like it's fine it's fine it's fine like just ignore like this is yeah but but listen to what the guy's saying i mean not listen read read what the guy's saying it's like i did it and i I couldn't sleep for days after figuring it out well because like you got to remember and this is more of the thing because they do mention that like somewhere they mention or maybe like i'm making it up depends on how my memory is today but um there's like a lot of illusion that he was working for the access powers and that's yeah. how he stumbled upon this weapon but like he now knows like this is this is the same thing that happened to oppenheimer you know 
when they made the bomb. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the or read the short play Copenhagen yep. or know about Oppenheimer. Like, nope. you know, Oppenheimer's biggest regret was making the bomb. And he was yeah. the father of the bomb, and he wishes he never made it. Like, weapons like this, they're intense. But that's the thing. Like, this part, this whole emotional sphere gets really cut from the English versions because this conversation was very hard to have in America because like no one wanted to admit that they used these weapons on kids, these like life-changing weapons. I mean, we could argue, right? It's, it's, it's hard to have the conversation now. In, in, in the era of COVID-19, in the era of the Iraq war, in the area of the, of the first Iraq war, in the area of the Afghan war, in the era of, of, of you know, uh, the, 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 the fight against Pan- with Panama and Venezuela, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't want to have, it's easy to be like, hey, there's a really bad flu going around. It's really fucked up and it's dangerous. So do X, Y, and Z. Well, it's easy to have that conversation. You know, it's not easy to have. It's not easy to have the conversation that says a sheriff came out of California and said, I used to report one suicide, go to one suicide a week. Now I go to five a day. It's not easy to have the conversation that says, oh, um, the average of an extra 400 kids. Interrupting you real quick because it's past my mother's bedtime, but I'm like super excited because she was like, I didn't think this movie was be good. And she's like, oh my God, this is actually so much better than I thought. Hey, mom, tell mom, please. Thank you very much. And um, Jason says, thank you. Oh, she's the best. I, I, I love it when moms show up. I really do. My mom's moms and kids already... show up. Moms and kids show up, and I'm thrilled because... No, she's I... so excited to listen to the other half, like, your side of this show. Like, just based... Like... But it's one of it's... those things where it's like, we don't... You know, it's... I love this movie because... And I watched this before because I like that they, they, they tackle the hard things, and we can take lessons from this. It's not, it, you know, it's a black and white film that's not black and white. But it's why I tell people like, you know, oh, Henry, you're going to just show me another monster movie. And I'm like, this is weird. This is not, this isn't, it's hard to say it's a monster movie. It is, it is, it is by definition. But like, this is the thing, like Godzilla still doesn't have like a personality yet. Um, he's just destruction. He's just he's the bomb like when people are like what do you mean he's the bomb i'm like he is oh he he is nagasaki he's the coping mechanism for the bomb that dropped it's and like you know it's one of those things where like no wonder why america was like think about it uh you know a perfect example of just the ignorance of atomic power in america because like think about we didn't we didn't really know what it was until the 70s and the bombs dropped in the 40s like no one really understood what they did and like that's why it's like oh they just made ants bigger or like my personal favorite uh there's a great movie a great atomic era monster movie called uh it came from beneath the sea Mm -hmm. which is about a giant octopus ray harryhausen does special effects phenomenal film love it can't wait to do it because i should be doing it with a friend of mine and her husband who works on a nuclear submarine so i'm super excited about that input but uh in the beginning of the movie uh their submarine like stops and they think it's something to do with the reactor uh so they're like oh go like they go to one deck hand and like go in the reactor and check if it's leaking and he's like i don't want to go in there i read in a book that'll make me not have kids and they all laugh at it it's a joke because he read it in a book. It's a joke. 
It's a, it's a joke line. Yeah. We know that's a real thing, but like, you know, and you know, when you look at this scene with Sarazawa being told he needs to use the oxen destroyer to save Japan and destroy uh, Godzilla, he's literally like, I'm going to burn all of it. I'd rather burn all of it than use it again. Like the fact that you know about it, no one, like, it's, it's but one this of those challenges things. the yes or no answer, right? Yeah. This, this creates a middle ground I mean, of, of how understanding. Else, how else was the Pacific conflict going to end? Japan wasn't going to stop. Like hell it was. Like it's one of those really awkward things. But, like, you, know, you know, history would say that Japan was already willing to give up before we dropped the bomb, right? Yeah. But, but at the same time. But we want to make like, a point. And why? It's, it's like imperialism. It's empirism. Like, you know, you, it's why it, this movie is so beautiful because Honda's a pacifist. He was in the war and he wanted to make a film to showcase like war is hell. And what's even a worse hell is the aftermath. Like this scene of being like, you, I, I understand Godzilla is a threat, but you realize what I have made is a, will be a bigger threat. And it's like, but if we don't stop Godzilla now, what will become of us? But um, it's just, it's, yeah, see, like the politicians of the world won't sign on the body because that's what happened with the atomic bomb. Atomic energy wasn't supposed to be a weapon. It was supposed to be like our saving grace of energy. It was supposed to fix things, but it was made during wartime and it got corrupted. And it's like, you know, he's not, Sarazawa is not wrong about what he is saying. Like th this whole debate, it, it, it's why I even like say like Jurassic Park does the same thing. Like Michael Crichton explains the same thing. Like cloning, like genetic power is insane. Like us using science is insane because it's a beautiful thing. Science is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But it's like, um, you know, when I was in college, we read a book, uh, we read Copenhagen, and then my professor showed us, uh, like, the mice that are, the clone mice that are grown to have human ears on their back. So if, like, you, you use an ear, yep. they grow a mouse that has a human ear on it, mm. and then they just attach it to you. And it's, you know, you sit there being like, oh, great, I got an ear. But I sit there being like, dude, you literally, like, it's, it's just this huge, like, the modern day is weird. And science is even weirder because science is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But, you know, humanity is a very complex creature as it is. And it, you know, it's probably why I love this genre and love this movie and love everything that I do with my show is because like you see the human experience of like how far we've come, how far we can go and at what costs or how and, we will handle it. Like, what do we lose? What do we get? And arguably, um, I think we could say that in every monster movie, I think what we find out is that because of our hubris, because of our idealism, because 
power corrupts and absolute power absolutely corrupts that we 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 are the monsters yeah right i mean i mean we are we are literally the scariest monsters on planet earth and that's what like everybody who watches like you know every guest you know you can listen to almost every episode and most of the time we someone will eventually say like aren't we the monster and it's like <laughs> yeah i know i'm like, stealing that line from you i mean i, yeah. I am I, just said, I would like to say that I boldly thought of them and I 100% stole that from you, which is why I like to say and, it to you. And it's, and it's crazy because like this, like I'm almost about to tear up to be honest because this scene, like we're having this discussion and then there's a scene of all the students singing this singing. song of peace of just like trying to be, you know, it's innocence and it's, naiveness right naivete it's, it's 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 what else are you gonna do i mean think about it like i'm in new york right now and at seven o'clock every day everybody's ringing the bells and banging pots to symbolize we got through another day and thank you for everybody who's still working you know it's 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 these moments that make it worthwhile you know like remind you that like we're a shitty species and we have a lot of problems but it's like ringing a bell at seven o'clock to celebrate we've made it through another day in this time of crisis is nuts and it's just it's it's just the power of this film and like why i feel like more people should watch the original godzilla because this isn't like godzilla versus megalon or godzilla versus hedora or god well i might actually say godzilla versus hedora as we talked about on my show it's very similar to this but it's like you know he says he want they win like you win i'm gonna use my weapon because it it's 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 just a really crazy wrap your head around concept like i really hope my listeners who tune into your show for today and your listeners who listen to me and tune into my show like go watch this movie it's- yeah, but also understand understand this you know it's passion builds following and understanding and for all the listeners i mean you know, you've got to embrace certain things and understand certain things. And, and one of the reasons why I was just like, hey, man, let's, let's do this because I wanted two hours of your passion. I wanted yeah. just two solid hours of you because this is the stuff that gives me goosebumps. Like, I wish you could see my arms when you're talking because I get goosebumps because this is, this is the conversation idealistically that we need to have because the things you're saying and the things you're describing and what's going on guess what they're missing ridicule judgment and attitude yeah and it's just like hey there's a real struggle and you can relate to this struggle and in this real struggle they're not judging anyone and saying you need to do this or do that they're saying these are complex issues we have to try to navigate and no one's perfect yeah and the passion of doing that behind a black and white film from 1954 that didn't come to the U.S. until what, the late 70s, early 80s? Uh, no, this cut of the film didn't come to America until I was in high school in the, oh, oh like before 2010. Like, God, King of the young. Monsters came, 
King of the Monsters came out in 56. And that was the remake with Raymond Burr in it. Yeah, but the, just, this original didn't come out till you were in high school? Yep. No, because they, like I said, it was super censored. Like, America yeah. couldn't handle it. Like, could you imagine this film coming out in America in the 50s? Hell like, after no. the fact that we were told we won the war and we didn't know why we won the war? Because everybody was told we just dropped two bombs. Yeah, but also, how weird is it that this film, that's very honest, it's very, um, it's, it's very engaging, it's very emotional. It's like, no, we, we shouldn't see this film. Hey, have you guys seen Porky's? Right? I mean, it's like, oh, let's do a show about rape. That's hilarious. It's, 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 it's weird where we draw battle lines based on culture, but more importantly, and, and the eloquence in which you talk about this film and the love you talk about this film, I want people to take that to where they live today. And I want them to take it there because you people and all of us get some point in time get caught up in that's right and that's wrong. And you yeah. don't want to hear the backstory. You don't want to understand where people live. You don't want to understand their pain points. You understand their, their oppression. You don't want to understand what they've gone through to where they're at today to make them think a certain way. And this movie tackles that. It does. It tackles it. And your passion and the way you talk about it gives a Cliff Notes version to how you should see someone, whether you agree or disagree with them, and understand that, quite honestly, the difference is the thickness of a dollar bill, and your disagreement is a dead white guy or a building, and they're both on the same piece of paper. I mean, I always laugh because I, people ask me, like, where did you come up with that idea? And I will say, I was not original with that idea. I actually, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Henry Rollins, and I really like his stand-up. He's great. Um, great man. Awesome. Like, you know, man, if Henry Rollins, if you somehow listen to this show or find out about my show. I will. Watch I will tag him in my Instagram post. Just in but, good karma. Just but, in good karma saying, but, um, future guest. You know, Henry Rollins said something. And Henry, like, be a guest here. I also, I also laugh because, like, I listened to Henry Rollins' stand-up once, and it actually, like, changed my life because he talked about, like, being bisexual. And that was when I was, like, that was one of the first times so I was like, huh, maybe I'm not just into people that I've been told I need to be into. Maybe I'm into everything. But then also like he, he said something that I think is super important where he was talking about like when people come up with the hate speech and like people boo them before they go on, what does that solve? It just makes them more angrier because they're not being, they're not allowed to say what they're saying. But you should, like, I'm not saying listen to a racist. I'm saying like, be able to not shut someone up right away just listen to what they have to say and then call them out on their bullshit. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's an author. I forget the guy's name. I've brought him up twice. Jesus, I need to just get the book and just hold it. And it's this African-American gentleman. He has a room hanging with clans, clansmen's hoods. Yeah. Why? Because he sat down and talked to him. He sat down and talked to him. And his listening, his understanding of their heritage, their history, where they came from, why they think the way they think, and then articulating why it's incorrect, but not right. judging them. They literally give him their hoods and cry when they do it and say how bad they feel. I mean, you know, this is not what, this does not relate to the level of what you just said, because that's amazing. 
Um, <laughs> not me, like, I'm you know, fucking guy. He's my, awesome. You know, my dear mother, who's been watching this film, like she went took me to Godzilla Festival and she's worried about my passion for this because like she's some people you know at the end of the day guys you gotta remember this is a movie like this is a movie <laughs> it's not real there are themes in this movie that are real but like godzilla is an idea he is yep. not a real thing as much as i wish godzilla would come out of the ocean the moment godzilla leaves the water his bones will literally break like no it's not gonna happen but what i love is the fact that like i'm really happy right now because one, my mom did not was wasn't realizing she was gonna be in love with this movie, but now she understands a little bit more about why I love this genre, like what what I see. Like you know, I'll never forget when I saw Kong Skull Island with my friend in Korea. What did you think of that? Oh, I loved it. It's great. Loved we it? have a great review for it in our August of the Apes later this year. Um, I loved Kong Skull Island, but I, one of my favorite compliments for Kong Skull Island was when I went out of theater with my friend, and the first thing he said was like, is that what you see? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, all those rubber-suited monster movies, when they're fighting and stuff, that's what you see. You don't see two dudes in suit duking it out. You see these two creatures from like a bygone era duking it out, and like that. I'm like, yeah, that's it's one of the reasons why I love King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters has problems, but that's what I see. Like, this is what I see with these films all the time. It's like these stories of these creatures. And like this scene, the ending, with Sarazawa sacrificing himself and committing suicide to make sure that this weapon, that this stops the cycle, like to break the cycle. Sure. Is so powerful. Because like Godzilla's the bomb. And this thing is worse than the bomb. And I mean, I do sit here as a nerd being like, in 1995, it turns out that like, since Godzilla was made from the bomb, eventually a monster will be born from the oxygen destroyer, AKA Destroya. And that's a big old Permian crab dragon. Uh, really fun movie. Uh, but like, you sit here, like, and I'll never forget again, with my students, here's the weird thing that happens. You don't feel just sympathy for Sarazawa. You feel sympathy for Godzilla in this scene you have this very weird moment of, wow, because it's not, it's not just the last time that weapon will be used, it's the last of a species, it's the last of this great mind, it's this last, it's this effect. Godzilla doesn't know what he's doing. Like I, like I as a kid, I had every right to cry about Godzilla being killed. Yeah. He doesn't know, he's, he, he's a creature of pain. And like Sarah Zao is literally like, hey, I know you're with my, future fiance but i hope you two are have a happy life <laughs> like you know it's it's a really there's sacrifice it's an emotional thing and like you sit here being like you're getting an emotion for a guy committing suicide and then a rubber suited dinosaur coming out of the ocean because it's the last you know there's a fan art I saw once where it's like the reason why Godzilla is so angry is because he was the last of his kind and then you made me face the ultimate loneliness of being the first of my kind. And wow. Just, yeah. Like, not my thing. I don't know where it comes from. And like... But dude, that's a crazy heavy statement. Well, if you want to get heavy, you know, Honda, after the success of this film, made Rodan, Mothra, tons of other Godzilla films. And eventually he got asked 
why do you make these monster movies? And he said, monsters are tragic creatures. They are born too tall. They are born too heavy. They are born too strong. They are not evil by choice, and that is their tragedy. Godzilla is not evil in this movie. He is alive and living and causes damage. It's like calling a hurricane evil. A hurricane doesn't know. It's why like giant monsters are natural disasters that hunt, hunt can hunt you down. But like that's the thing about this movie. It's like Godzilla's not like Godzilla's the antagonist, but why? Because we view him as one. Because humanity needs an enemy. But sometimes because we don't want to accept the fact that we are our own enemy, you know? It's just one of those things where I just sit here and I'm really happy we got to spend this time together. Dude, are you kidding me? I mean, this is, this has been, you know, it is, you know, as you know, um, you, uh, your podcast is amazing because of, of one, you. how you do it. And two, it, um, and, and I, I encourage my listeners, like, listen, yes, it came from a monster. You guys got to go listen because it, it, it is the polar opposite of, of, of what I do in, in um, the fact that <clears throat> you give this beautiful dissection and understanding of the movie. You got to watch the movie and you're engaging during my favorite, one of my favorite parts you know, for the, for the behind the scenes kids that don't know, my listeners that don't know. My, one of my favorite parts is we're literally texting back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> on, on crazy shit happening because we're all watching the movie the same time. Like, are you ready to play? We're gonna play, boom, and we're going. And it's, that is the most fun. Like, I wish, you know, some camera company or some group would just sponsor you so that you could get a video of everyone chats. just because because it's our not chats the, are fun like it's not the text that you send it's the laughter that i get when i'm reading other shit that's just oh, like yeah out of sight like well, alex has some numbers she's like what is going on and i'm like oh shit yes like you know i don't know i just it's again this is fun i sit here being like you know we do have to point out real quick Yamane's last line being like, as long as we're doing nuclear testing, there will always be Godzilla, which means that like, as long as we're just being fucks, there will always be a monster to remind us of there why always. we shouldn't be fucks. So um, real quick to, you know, the, the movie's ended, um, but two things that I, I, I find very important, one on, on engagement and understanding to where... You know what, Jason, it's, it's a, before you ask me these two things, sure. that Sapporo went right through me. So yeah. I'm going to quickly run to the little boys. Room. Oh, you're going to run to the restroom? I'm going to talk. So yeah, you, you go. Talk, yep. And I'll, I'll listen to it when you tell <laughs> I'm about to whiz myself and I don't want to do it on Don't do it. Go. Go to the restroom. Two hours of chatting, my friend. Folks, I can't say it enough. And I, and I do mean this. Um, you know, uh, Henry's got something special with what he's doing. He really does. The, the, the chaos of, of what I do is, is, is obviously different, but um, the, the two of us coming together and bridging my ADD mind and, and his understanding and history and nostalgia and, and, um, and real passion for, for what our monster movies 
is is a beautiful storm i believe to introduce you to his podcast uh you guys it's he, he does a hell of a job he does a better job than i think this podcast does quite honestly uh so listen please download review subscribe um and that, kids, is why you shouldn't drink watermelon juice and then a Sapporo right afterwards <laughs> after watching a two-hour movie or you're going to pee yourself. That was, that was a close call. It's a close call. Um, you know, it's just, uh, so, so a couple of things that I want to ask you because I, 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 I like to pull tangential things that I think are beautiful for movies and then I like to close out and ask a couple of questions and then my daughter, of then we're going to say goodbye and my daughter's going to sing about the first time she took a poop by herself and Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Like, it's just like, she's going to sue me one day, right? There's going to be this. She's like, Dad, really? How well, I used people? to be the best manly nanny in Charleston before I went to college. So, like, I understand that. You understand. My friends, I did poop wars with my friends. So my friends would, like, I would, they would get a cookie, and they would send me a video and go, did, my daughter's name is Harper, and they'd go, Harper, I just took a poop, so I got a poop. I got a, I got a poop reward. And they'd bite a cookie and go, poop wars. And then I'd show her and she'd go, dad, I, I'm going to go poop by myself now so I can get a cookie. And then she would be like, come here with the phone. You need to tell them. I'm pooping. And then she's like, where's my cookie? And I'm like, can you get off the toilet and wash your hands? Like, can we do a couple other things? Before, before <laughs> I'm not going to hand feed you a cookie while you're taking a shit, kid. <laughs> no, I, I, will not, I will draw a line. I will draw a line. There's not a lot of lines dad draws. That's one of them. I just sit here being like, as a babysitter, I'm like, no, I've, I've been in this position. Yeah. No, nope, I will nope. draw a line at this. Draw a line. Like, and, I, and people call me crazy. There's only one word my daughter's not allowed to say, and it's can't. Because she's a, and, and it's like, it's I'm, good. Not, That's good. I'm not raising a kid that just says can't. In fact, she will see it in books and go, I'm not allowed to say this in school. And the teacher's like, just read it. She's like, my dad will get mad. And I get teachers who call me and they're like, your daughter said the F word on the playground, but she will not say the word can't. I'm like, do you know the etymology of the F word? I'm like, it's what fine. do you mean? I said, it's a farming term for cabbage. And in the wet soil, when the hoe hit the soil to hook the cabbage out, it went, fuck. I, so I, you're actually going to fuck cabbage. It's a farming term. I, now, it, if you don't know that, you cannot judge my daughter for saying that word. I, I laugh at that because, um, you know, <laughs> I taught English in Korea for five years and I used to teach like kids who would be like, you know, I'm doing colors. Like this is the limit of their English. And I remember <laughs> I had this one little kid after class, we were packing up and I saw him packing up his bag and he didn't pack well and he didn't zip well. And I was like, man, you're going to pull your backpack and every book is going to fly on the floor. And I'm just like waiting for it to happen because I'm like, you're 10. Like this should not be. Shouldn't no, happen, he wasn't bro. 10. He was like eight years old. Yeah, he was an eight-year-old. No, crap. Korean ages. If he was Korean eight, that means he was seven. Okay. Seven or six. Yeah, no. Uh, when you're born in Korea, you're one years old. Uh, Makes sense. So it's, it's okay. not really because it's very confusing. Like technically. I uh, yeah, I'm but I, I, I understand that. I understand yeah, the, the I, idea. I think technically in Korea, I'm 31, even though I'm 29. Sure. Okay. It's weird. Um, well, I mean, it's not. Okay. Sorry. I have to remember. It's not weird. It's just different. Yeah, it's just it's, um, I get it. But uh, this kid, young kid, barely can speak English, does his 
does the backpack. All the books fall out of the ground. I look at him. He's mouth gaped. I'm like, oh, and he's like, ah. And I'm like, hey, buddy. And he's like, teacher. And I'm like, what? Oh, shit. And I was just like, got it. You're doing good, champ. I was like, <laughs> good English. Like, because that's what you're supposed to say when they say English well. It's like good English. And I'm just like, I really should have a conversation with you about the word. But like, because I even had a student when I'm like, all right, kids, vitamin quiz, like time to do your English quiz. And I had one kid get the quiz and go, oh, fuck. And I'm like, it's too early today. It's too early today for me to deal with this because I just am so tired. Like it's a Tuesday afternoon and I'm not in the mood. Like but also, no, I, kind of like a lot of American English. people say that. So well, like they learn it from our programs and our movies. But I sit here being like, it's one. Of, it's a very conflicted thing where I'm like, oh man, I'm so mad because I'm not more mad about you using the word. I'm mad that you're using the word correctly. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't use fish right but you could say fuck properly jesus I've, christ it's it's a good but, thing it's a good thing so two questions please please indulge me on this um one of the one of the this comes out of the godzilla movie so there's there's a, there's a tie to this um one uh and it, it doesn't have to be traditional whatever you want to say uh but i want to hear because we saw it, right? So what's a, a love lost story that you have in which we saw in Godzilla, A? And then B, uh, the other question is uh, for you is, um, in, the, uh, in the perfect world, in the crazy world that we live in, um, if you're gonna pull back the curtain, right? And you're just getting, you're Henry, ruler of the world. Who is like presidents have dogs, but I want you to be ruler of the world and have a monster. And who's your monster? That's like you know, like Barack Obama had some dog. Uh, Clinton had like a Springer Spaniel. Bush had I don't know what he had. But every president seems to have a dog. So you, Henry's ruler of the world. What's your monster compadre? That's like you know, it's it. Imagine the world where there's a ruler of the world, and instead of a president that has a dog. Well, if it's a, a monster, monster, it's Gamera. Giant flying turtle protected all <laughs> built by that's, that's a no-brainer. Yes. It's Gamera. Like, always Gamera. I love Gamera. Like, <laughs> I introduced my friend to Gamera the other day. Love Gamera. Dude, we uh, gotta do a movie on that, please. please. No, they're great. They're all amazing. And actually, if you want, uh, on YouTube, there is... Uh, so, we talked about a lot in our latest episode with Gav Gamera 2, Advent Legion. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Luca and I, and a huge shout out for Luca, who's this amazing artist called Hurricanes. Uh, you can find her work on our Instagram. She also is the one that drew our uh, Posta and Lubug uh, doing Catch You on the Flip logo uh, that you can see. She's just a super talented artist at SCAD. Um, but we were laughing because we were watching with friend Alex, who I've known since college, and you've met Alex in our upcoming Alex September. is great. Um, but we laughed because uh, when Gamera Advent Legion came to America, it actually got two English dubs. Uh, it got the normal English dub, and then it got the Lake Texarkana English dub, which is a redneck version of Gamera 2 oh, Advent Legion. It's, it's like they're pulling out of my brain where I want oh, to do brilliant. Rosetta one, Stone it's, with it's Southern dialect. It's just, it's just great. It's just, it's just, Bonjour. Come on, talez-vous. <laughs> oh man, like just the whole move, like every time like an explosion happens or the camera shakes, you just hear someone go like, holy crap. And just like, it's, it's, it's great. It's just, an, it's a 
10 out of 10 dub. It's amazing. Perfect. Um, so you like, took no the easy doubt. one but love, first. But love and loss. I want the love and loss story now. Because here's, here's the reason why. And it's twofold. One, I firmly believe that as people get to know people better through stories and conversation, they attach better, right? They just, they, they, they see the vulnerability, they see your passion, they see the under, they, they get to know you better. And that, and that makes them want to go to your podcast more, A. But B, I think it's also just important. We just saw a movie with two love stories really happening, right? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's- I, I, That is a very, especially where I am currently. Cause like, okay. to be honest, Jason, like I've been telling you, I've been, I'm, I'm going through a bit. Yeah, right you've been, now. I'm, we've I'm talked over Instagram about it. Yeah. I'm, I've been revisiting some old demons uh, from my past. Cause like, you know, I do have kind of a, it's not sad. I just, you know, I, I suffer from some serious mental health stuff. Okay. Uh, it's not my first. It's not my first time dealing with it. In fact, like the last time I dealt with it, uh, it it's what sent me to Korea. In all honesty, because uh, I wanted to be able to handle it on my own and um, you know, counteracting moving back to America was a lot tougher than I actually gave it credit for. Because living in Korea is very different from living from here. Like my first well, first five months here it was awful to go out because in korea since i didn't know korean because you're actually told as a teacher not to learn korean because like the parents would be upset if you spoke korean to their kids because they're paying sure. all this money so why would their english teacher be speaking korean to them you know so i could i mean i could barely learn english i didn't talk till i was like fucking seven so uh you know that's a whole story on its own uh so like when i came back and i could like understand every what everyone's saying i'm like this is a very loud country i hate everything here. um but love and loss like that's you know there's there's the cliche of me being like um long time ago when i was a young dumb kid in college i fell in love with this amazing girl who has a famous mom I'm just going to leave it at that. Very famous mom. Jason, I will text you who the mom is later, and that will be between us, because I don't... Because the thing is, like, you know, I proposed to her very early, and it was, like, you know, it was this whole thing about, like, we went to my house, and I had this, like, cheap Walmart ring, and I took her to the beach, uh, and to go to the beach, you had to go through this, like, dark forest, and I know this, like, path like the back of my hand i actually was just there recently with friends and they're like henry you don't have a flesh like how do you know where you're going I'm like, i grew up here i know this path better than most i know every twist and turn of it um and i told her this whole thing about like before meeting her um like life was like this dark path where i just didn't know where i was going like i knew the pathway but i couldn't see where i couldn't see what happened and then like meeting you and then we got out of the path and we're on the beach and the stars are out and it's all magical and blah 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 I got down on my knees and it was just like that and then that lasted for about a year um because she moved to new york and i stayed in college because she was my senior and i was a junior at the time when we started dating and i was a senior and i was going through a lot of life stuff she was going through a lot of life stuff and like it ended uh, as it does, because we were also young and dumb. And I will also say, like, recently, um, you know, I was in New Zealand um, 
going to Weta because like, you know, Weta Workshop is like my dream job. Uh, and going to New Zealand is great. And I loved it. And it was wonderful. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, she was like, hey, do you have time for a phone call? Like I hadn't heard from her in years. Like we kept, like we followed each other on Facebook still and stuff, but like we hadn't talked. So we talked and it was actually like, you know, there was parts of me that always kind of wished it happened because who doesn't want to be happy? But, you know, she was telling me that she was kind of thanking me because she's now married to this amazing guy. I love him. I actually might steal him from her. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's how much I love him. Um, but she called me to just kind of tell me that like, thank you. Cause like without our relationship, she wouldn't know what a good one is. And like, I also say with her, she challenged me to be more open about how I felt about things. And like, we both laughed because like at the time I thought I was just this like straight monogamous person, but I'm a pan, like, as I like to say, I'm this polyamorous pansexual cryptid that like roams the earth, just falling in love with everything because like humanity is beautiful. Uh, and I can't help myself. Like people are great. Like, how can you not care as much? Um, so like for me, like there's, like I said, it's cliche. Like there's a part of me that wants to say it's love and loss, but at the same time, it's not because I got my conclusion and like she and I are better friends than ever. And I'm friends with her husband. Now they invited me to the wedding. I didn't go because I had to watch, I had to take care of prom for my high school students, which was fine. But like, you know, it's just one of those things where everybody thinks that like when you lose something, it's gone forever. And sometimes it is, and it is sad, but sometimes you get moments like a phone call at 12 at night in New Zealand all of a sudden and you get to not rekindle like you get to rekindle something into a new form and, you know sure. it's the same thing with Godzilla like Godzilla takes many iterations but like the idea is there um I mean and the other like love lost thing I guess is you know uh I'm writing this thing called Apex it used to be called Titan it used at the beginning it was called Titan Wars I did it as my senior thesis in high school it's this novel about giant monsters my take on the genre and it's like you know pretty cool and uh you know not to toot my own horn but ron howard uh wanted to meet me to have me pitch the idea to him for his latest film and uh me being a nervous nelly in high school because i didn't have social skills yet said no because i thought i needed a college degree before i pitched science fiction and i uh screwed the pooch on that one because i should not have thought that because i have very opinionated opinions about college because uh, I ended up having to, I, I graduated with a creative writing major and a film minor, but my, I write science fiction. Well, I try to write science fiction as much as I can. I'm taking this time to get back into it. Um, but my professor told me that science fiction was the ghetto of writing and I wasn't allowed to write it for three years. Well, and uh, Ron Hubbard. So, you know, there's, there's a, there's, you know, there's a part of me that sits here being like, you know, I stare up at the ceiling sometimes and I'm like, it wouldn't have been that great, but at least you would have said that you had your first, you were not even in college and Ron Howard produced your first fucking movie. Um, I might one day call upon that again. Like, you know, I, I write all these stories. I create all these characters and like, you know, people ask me where my ideas come from and like Apex is this like 
fantastic science fiction story of giant monsters in a somewhat realistic setting like you know and everybody's like where did you get all these monster ideas from i'm like well look i'm this like autistic depressed anxious anxiety kid in high school i didn't really know how to make friends that well i didn't understand people at all um but the way i could understand people is so i turned them into all giant monsters so all the giant monsters in apex are actually based off people i know and all their interactions are based off high school drama. Uh, so that's how I actually overcame some of my first crushes is because I was like, oh wait, cause I'm a dinosaur and she's a giant monkey. So like, it wasn't gonna work out to begin with. And like, it actually helped me like overcome issues. So I don't know, like love and loss is weird for me because like, yeah, I've lost stuff and I've loved stuff and I've loved things that I've lost. And like, I'm currently going through a pretty tough time with like losing a friendship because I kind of really fucked it up. But, you know, optimistically, things are not gone forever. Like I sit here, Henryism, people are like dinosaurs went extinct, right? But they did it. They didn't go extinct. They grew wings and turned into birds. That's amazing. Instead of going away, they took flight. Yeah. You evolve. You make adaptations. And like, you know, I always th- think about that. It's like the KT event was one of the worst extinctions ever, but dinosaurs took to the wing and became birds. Well, not became birds, are birds. Birds are dinosaurs. Like and you got to look at that with life sometimes. Like, yeah, sometimes you go through these really cataclysmic events that you think are going to end everything. And like, I'm going through that right now. But like, you know, I'm here with my mother and she's taking care of me. And I have great friends who check in on me every day. Like, I get to watch Godzilla with you. And we've only, this is like our third in-person, second in-person conversation. But we've had many conversations and I already feel like we're good friends. And it's just like one of those things where like life life is like godzilla you know it's bad there's a you're gonna face destruction but through that destruction you see hope and peace and wonderful things and like you know i you know i'm 29 i've been to the galapagos i've been to south africa i've been to thailand i've been to vietnam i've been i've like i said earlier today i've met all i've met almost all my heroes just because of random happenstance because i said i like dinosaurs i've fallen in love with people because i the first girl i ever asked out with i was i asked her out because i was just so excited because we had just seen monsters versus aliens by dreamworks like that's why i asked her out. i was like i love that movie you're cute you want to go out that's literally how it happened the the girl i almost married we started dating because i found out she had not seen gremlins 2 like people are uh, the the my last part my last relationship literally started because like hi i'm henry i have a pokemon walker on my tie the last person i was kind of with i was like here's my podcast i do dinosaurs like this is what i do like you just have to wear it on your sleeve and see what happens and like you know i sit here now kind of cringing at the fact that like i'm really struggling with these really heavy things right now during this COVID crisis and my own mental shenanigans because 2019 broke me pretty bad and the podcast is what keeps me alive but like saying it out loud and having moments like this it's just like it's hard it's hard to lose things when you realize there's more things to love than lose you know 
There are like and things that, are let, bad. And but let me say but this like, real quick. I get to watch Godzilla with you. Like that's that's a win. Let me know? say this, please. Go for it. You're you're a great guy, and I, I did try. not. It was not hyperbole when I messaged you and I said you can call me anytime, and I'll text. I will send you my number because you can yeah. anytime, and I really do mean that. Okay. I appreciate it, Jason. Um, you're a you're a great guy, man. You've got some great insights. You've got some beautiful passions. Um, you uh, you bring out in people some beautiful, beautiful things. You know, the the fact that I got to sit in and you know, be a part of a messaging back and forth on on a on an episode that's going to come out in September, and that I feel connected to everyone that was involved, that I feel connected. Like I'm like, hey, Alex, seriously. I requested to follow you on Instagram. God damn it. What's the holdup? She's barely but, on it. That's why. I know, but I'm just, I mean, but it's like, but it's like, I listen to your podcast differently after spending time with you. And now I'm going to listen to your podcast differently doing this because of, uh, of getting to know you better. And you're a special man. You really are the way and the passion that you uncover things and the history. You, you realize you're going to make my mom cry when she's fine. To Your this. mom can <laughs> get the tissues, mom, because guess what? You raised a great young man. You really did. I'm getting close to 50. Nonsense. Dead serious. <laughs> I'm getting close to 50 and I can look at your mom and be like, mom, listen, I've, I've been, good son and a bad son i've been a good friend and a bad friend and being a father and, and covid 19 and, and everything in between has taught me a lot and sometimes i've taken those lessons and i really burned them to heart and other times i've seen those lessons and i've shit on them and and kept being the same asshole that i was prior but i can tell you this you've taught me a lot you've taught me a lot in in, in, in how you approach life and how you see things and the passion you th see things. And that's a beautiful thing. And I, I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that it's not the podcast. It's you. Mm. It's 100% you, my man. It really is. I don't, I don't tell a lot of people, hey, you're going through a tough time, call me. I got a lot of friends going through a yeah. tough time. I'm like, bitch, toughen up. I'm a kid from Montana. I made my own bullets to go shoot deer so we could- By the eat. way, I love Montana. I used to do dinosaurs <laughs> and go. Like yeah, Montana. so you know, but I mean, we used to shoot animals so we could eat in the winter. Like there was oh, no yeah, bullshit yeah, no, about it, right? Montana. Like, otherwise we'd have fucking starved. Yeah, it's because it's My Montana. Eastern Montana cowboy dad would punch me in the face and be like, you need to have faster hands. Yeah, Yorkshire dad. I'm, I'm a hard person. But Henry, you're a special person that takes a hard person like, like me and literally softens me up, not to a point of where I, I, I miss cues, but to a point of where I appreciate how you see the world and I want to see the world better that way. And take that in because you're taking an old curmudgeon you know, guy 
and you're changing my perspective of how I see movies and how I see life by your podcast and by your interactions. That's why I want you back on here. That's why I want to do this more with you. That's why I will take any phone call from you at any hour that I'm awake that I can do it. Because, I laugh because, because you're, all your you're listeners good. are like, all this because he watched a fucking Godzilla movie with yeah, this kid? Like, exactly. what the hell? But also, I did a podcast with him earlier, and also I listened to his fucking podcast. Folks. Yeah. And guess what? Find someone else who has his passion. Find someone else who digs the way you dig and also has a vulnerability that you have. Find someone who in a dark hour, in a troubling hour, is fired up, is passionate, and is wanting to go show and experience someone or another monster movie. Find someone who will go back to 1954 and say, this means more than you know. Find them. Because guess yeah. what? I'm lucky. I found them. I found them. Right? So, yeah. so take that in because it's very real to me. It really is. I don't say this a lot to people. I don't. But, I, you know, it, it, it is, this podcast has taught me a lot. It's taught me a lot about people. It's taught me a lot about engagement and, you know, You've listened to some, and some of them dragging people through. I'm like, fuck, is this thing over yet? Is the movie over yet? They can hear it because they're just, they're in a PR script and they want to do their thing. Yeah. And that's okay. I still invited them on. I mean, it's not like they pitched me. I'm pitching everyone still. But these things, these real honest emotions that start from the beginning of the movie until the end, find them. They're, yeah. they're rare. They're rare because vulnerability is rare. They're rare because we want to, we have this weird holding of where we want to be or how we want to be in some weird thing. And, and you, you break the rules of that. And it's beautiful, man. It I really is beautiful. I will tell you one last teacher, Henry teacher in Korea story that I think Please. you'll like just because you telling me this remind uh, it all stuff whenever people tell me like they notice this about me and like automatically and i am working on this automatically i want to reject it because i'm like i'm not that cool but did you but, uh, also see throughout this whole thing every time I, smiling yeah you just bring it out there's this so when jurassic world came out in korea it was during the mers outbreak it was during the mers okay crisis Right after SARS, right? It was like SARS and then MERS. Pretty much. And it was okay. really funny because it's the first time I've been in a quarantine kind of like plague state. Uh, so that's why like in this current state, I'm like, what the fuck are people doing? Like this thing. Oh. Anyway. But hey, my, dickhead. Like, we got a pamphlet back here if you want to see. Do, I, but I do also sit here because everybody like applauds Korea. I'm like, well, that's because they learned the last time because when I was there, people weren't the best. But I remember we were told we didn't have to work. Like we had to work one day and then all of a sudden they were like, no, like we're going to close the school for a week. Oh, we're going to close the school for half the week. So me and my coworkers, we all drive to, uh, Sokjo, uh, which is this, like we're in Seoul. Sokjo's on the East sea. Don't call it the sea of Japan or because that's a whole fight all on its own. It's the East sea. <laughs> Like, don't use that j word around here motherfucker yeah it's right the ec um, it's the e word it's the ec but um we're in sokjo and we're driving back 
it's that Wednesday and like the Thursday, the next Thursday, Jurassic World's going to premiere in Korea. And I'm already like, you know, I've just finished reading the novel again. And I'm just like, oh, dinosaurs can't wait. And when we're about to enter Seoul, our, one of our Korean teachers calls us up and saying like, hey, we're just going to cancel school for the rest of the week. Like we're not going to be in session for another like week and a half. Oh. Um, and everybody's like, oh, well, what do they want us to do? And they're like, well, we want you guys to stay home. We don't want you to like go too far or anything. Like just be aware because there's a virus. I'm like, okay. That Thursday morning, I woke, I'll never forget, I woke up at nine. Uh, I grabbed my phone. I went to Sin in Korea, which is the English website that buys movie tickets for you in Korea. Cause like Korea runs on Internet Explorer and it makes me want to shoot myself every time I have to think about it. Um, and I bought a ticket. No, I didn't buy a ticket. I, I, I checked the times. There was, it was nine o'clock. Uh, I lived in uh, a little suburb called Nigam and the CG, the closest movie theater CGV was in Ori, uh, which was like not even a five minute train ride from where I lived. And there was a showing of Jurassic World at 9.45. So I put on a Jurassic Park shirt. I grabbed my stuffed T-Rex, Rex, who I've had since I was five years old. And I just, like, I'm still waking up. Like, I already got clothes on. I got my Jurassic Park shirt on. I'm already, like, on my way to see Jurassic World at 9.45. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm, like, crying already. Like, the music starts going, and I'm in tears because I'm just, like, dinosaurs, like, the, these movies are great i love these i love how these movies make me feel because it and like seeing jurassic world or this whole theme park of people wanting to see dinosaurs and it's like that's what i want people to see like i want people to see like why i love this shit and like this poor korean woman like three sits three seats next to me is pro- like so confused during the whole movie because like every time a dinosaur shows up i'm in tears like when the t-rex comes out i'm like bawling and this lady's like probably thinking like is this white guy like is he at the Mars? Like, is this what the Mars it? does? I'm like, it's like, yeah, it's like, she's like, what the fuck is going on? And like, you know, it's now 1130. I get out of the movie and my buddy calls me up and is like, hey, I'm about to go see Jurassic World with a friend. Do you want to join? Yeah. So I go see, I go to the next town over, Jukjan, where I used to live when I first moved to Korea. And I saw Jurassic World again. And like literally an hour. I saw Jurassic World three times that day. I saw it in two. I saw it two D, and then I saw it in four D in the evening. It was just funny. I saw Jurassic World a total of like seven times in that month because everybody was like, "I want to see it with you," and I'm like, "Of course." I'm not I'm like, "Why would I say no?" I'm like, I'm not gonna say no. I mean, I'm in. Let's do it. Like, I'm like same with Godzilla: King of the Monsters. I saw that like eight times in theaters because every time someone was like, "You want to see it?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Like. What else would I be seeing right now? Um, but so my second thing at Jurassic World in the same day of its opening day, Korea had these really cool, going to the movies in Korea was the best. I love Korean movie theaters because like one, it's not expensive and two, it's cool. And like you could get these like movie sets where you could get like popcorn and a side and two drinks in collectible cups. And it would be like 17 bucks for a large popcorn, two collectible drink cups, and a side thing. I miss buttered squid. Best, best movie snack. It's like grilled squid in butter. Don't know what it is. Miss it, love it, great. <laughs> um, 
But I, I was in line and all of a sudden I hear, Henry teacher. And I turn around and it's a student from my first teaching job in Korea uh, named Dorothy. And it's her, her mom and her little sister. And I'm like, Dorothy, because I hadn't seen her in a year because I had left that job. I was like, oh my God, you're one of my favorite students from my old job. Like, how the hell are you, kid? Like, how are you doing? And she was just very excited to see me. And I was like, Dorothy, what are you going to see today? Because like in Korea, you could get these like really cool little like Korean movie posters. They were like little pamphlets for the movies and they were free. So like every, like when Jurassic World came out, I just like took the whole fucking set and left. Like, because... I wanted them. You're like, I'm taking um, these home. I also them. took, I, I got, so, I have so many of them because like when I was like, when I eventually go back to America, these will be my cheap gifts for people. So people have these really cool Korean posters of movies. But um, I was like, Dorothy, what movie are you going to see? And she shows me her pamphlet. It's the Jurassic World pamphlet. And I was really shocked because I was like, Dorothy, like, why are you seeing this movie? She's like, well, I'm seeing it because of you, teacher. And I was like, wow, what do you mean because of me? Because like, can I already see her mom's like, this is what I'm spending on my freaking Thursday during the MERS outbreak. I'm taking my kids to see Goddamn virus and my daughter has to see this because of you, you son of a bitch. And uh, I was like, Dorothy, what do you mean? Because like, I was sitting there, I'm like, I didn't think Dorothy liked dinosaurs. And she goes, well, teacher, after you left, I wanted to learn more about dinosaurs. And I was like, excuse me? And she's like, well, remember, and I, my last day at that job was like a freaking party for me because I was so ready to leave that job. And um, it was a mess and I just couldn't wait to start a new job. But like this class, the, my last day of work at that job was the day Jurassic World released its first teaser trailer. So my thing was I bought all my classes fried chicken as a good way, well present. And then while they're eating the chicken after we finish the lesson, I made them watch the Jurassic World teaser trailer, just like freaking out because I'm like, this is happening, kids. This is going to happen. It's going to be great. And it turned out me like forcing her to watch this trailer made her want to learn more about dinosaurs because she was like, and, I'll, and this was, you know, her English was improving and I was so surprised she said this to me. She was like, I wanted to learn more about dinosaurs because I wanted to, like, it's so interesting because they make you so happy. And I want to know that happiness. Wow. Um, so, like, not to burst your bubble, but, like, I have been told, like, this is the effect that I have with people. It's like, you know, people like seeing Godzilla King of the Monsters because they don't care about Godzilla, but they see, like, me literally, like, shaking in my seat being, like, Bam, 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 bam. Like this is my shit. Um, but you also understand what we say, it right? What? You no, I no, why, I, I get. No, no, it. no. Like, I want I'm, no, no. I want you to understand what we say it because when I hear you, you know, through our Instagram chats, and then when I hear you say, you know, hey, I'm struggling with something. You got to understand that you're a light. Yeah. And we don't want that light to go out. And we don't want that light to diminish. Oh. We want that light to be brighter. So people. Dorothy, Dorothy got inspired, right? 
Yeah. But also Dorothy saw something that your your flame lit a flame in her. Yeah. Well, and, like I and those, and those things. So when the awesome thing about vulnerability, the beautiful thing about talking about who you are and where you're at and the struggles you have, as well as the successes you have, as, as well as the passions you have, the beauty of that is, is that people get to, to, to know you better, A, but B, then we also have an attachment. And that's important because especially right now, like, dude, listen, if you were here, if you were in Austin, Texas, and you were in Dive Bar, I mean, dude, I would give you the biggest hug in the world and be like, we are having a Sapporo, we are doing this. And I'd be like, producer Matt, more cocktails, let's go. Yeah. Because, dude, it's your, the flame you have lights other flames. Oh, yeah. You and should be people. Henry. All you know, I do is I don't flirt with people. I just tell people about how amazing whale evolution is for like three <laughs> hours. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things. So it's like when you're someone who's older like me who looks and goes, man, that's, that's, not, that's not a person who's excited. That's a person who's passionate. That's a person who, who really loves life. And the one thing that I've known, because I've struggled it with myself since I was a little kid, um, is passion of life and going after things has two great things. It has the joy of the bike going down the steep hill as fast as it can go, and it's so exciting. But it also has the pain of going up that same hill and everyone's with you when the bike's going down. They're like, you're going so fast. It's amazing. I can't believe you're doing it. Woo! When you got to go back up that hill to go home, no one's there. No one's there cheering you on. And I mean, it's tough. It's... And, and that's where I see a person of, of you and listening to your podcast and understanding you and being like, damn it, man. Dude, you now have my cell phone number. Yeah. Well, but I mean, also, but also, you have my heart, man. Like you're a special thanks, person. You really are, and you've got a lot of beautiful, beautiful things to say. And it's, and it's not about the bike hill ride down that you have beautiful things to say. It's about the hill ride up. You have beautiful things to say. And, you know, a way for me to translate everything you said, and I think this is important for listeners because people have asked me this, and I always this is usually my rebuttal to it. You know, I sit here being like, I'm a 29 year old man. I have host of the podcast monster figure right here, uh, made by my friend, Jonathan Crosetti, uh, who's great. Uh, he, uh, it's, uh, a 1954 vinyl Godzilla and one side is the original Godzilla colors, but then on the other side is the, uh, 56 poster colors of why people think Godzilla is green, but actually he's charcoal. Perfect. Uh, but, um, People always say, why do you still play with toys? And I'm like, well, who exactly told you to stop? They made you happy, right? Like, who told, like, as a kid, I love Pokemon. I love Digimon. I love creatures. I like Godzilla. I like kid stuff. Like, I just cried because I just watched She-Ra on Netflix because it was amazing. And it was so much fun. But, like who told you to stop 
who exactly told you to stop? And like, that's something that I say to you and listeners. It's like why I love your show. Cause you enjoy movies for the fun of it. Cause like, you know, people I think are too critical on films. Like, yeah, I grade movies on my podcast, but like, you know, people are like, Oh, you gave that movie an F. Why would I watch it? And I'm like, because it's F for fun. I mean, not the swarm. The swarm is tough. That's a tough movie. The swarm's tough, but tough that's film. like F for fuck it. But, let's drink. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> make it a drinking game. You know, that's how Michael Caine got through that movie. But like, you know, who told you to stop? Who exactly told you to stop caring about what you as a kid cared about? And like, yeah, I get it. You grow up, bills, job, blah, blah, blah. Wing it. Do Just it, man. wing it and see where it lands. Because like, who told you to stop playing with those toys? Like, society, quote unquote, told you to, but like, why? What? Like, why lose that excitement i i don't know it's just i've never understood and i appreciate you pointing it out and i really hope people who listen to this very long episode of yours about godzilla and like things because that's the thing like you know stop and think like what who told you to stop playing with what makes you happy like if you're you know, it's why I like listening to Whitney Chitwood stuff or like why I listen to your stuff or why I like listening to Henry Rollins or why I like the scientists I have on my show or the people that I have on my show. Like, you know, my co-host Luba loves bees, loves bees as much as I love dinosaurs. I, my friend Jeff, you know, is a marine biologist and he loves squid and he's like one of the most foremost experts in squid. And I can probably say that that man's my friend. Like these people love what they love. Because I'm slowly but surely starting to realize that I have friends and people who, why stop playing with your toys? Who told you to stop playing with your toys? Absolutely. And I would say this to, to close this out. One, I could not agree with you more. And the fact that you buy into the bullshit that you can't play with the toys. I play with my kids' toys with her all the time. She left, my daughter left to go to Colorado. My dear friend has a dog. He rescued the dog. There's a long story behind it, and I will tell it to you off air. It's too long to, to go through here. Yeah, 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 no, fine. But um, he got a stuffed animal made of this dog because this dog and my daughter are pen pals. Right. So here's Minnie James of Handsome oh, James adorable. Ferdinand. Which Guys, is it's on, a great dog. That is a good it's a dog. a great dog. And Handsome James Ferdinand is on Instagram and you can follow him. And he was a dog that was a bait dog, which means he didn't fight. So the other dogs attacked him. Yeah. He was 40 pounds. My buddy rehabilitated him and he became the first pit bull to be a certified therapy dog for LA Children's Hospital. Fantastic. And my daughter is a pen pal with this dog. And because of that, this stuffed animal was made and she goes and travels somewhere. And then this stuffed animal now, she'll call me at any hour and be like, Where's James? I'm like, he's right here. He's right next to me. Call me up at five in the morning. Where's James? I'm like, here he is. He's right next to me. He's in the bed with me. Don't lose the love and the passion that drives you. A. B. And the thing I've started to say that I'd challenge you to do for the rest of the, for, for this week. Let's go. We got tomorrow, Friday. Uh, this yes. episode will come out Friday morning when I get up uh, about 7 a.m., 8 a.m. your time. It'll be hot and live. 
maybe 9 a.m. your time, depending on how many more cocktails. I mean, I have. I'm still going to be listening to it on my walk. And so, we should have our new episode for 10 Cloverfield Lane out. And then you're going to have uh, your episode well. coming out tomorrow as well, right? Yep, for 10 so, Cloverfield Lane. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, so two things. I'm going to start something new. I'm going to do a video of my enjoyment of this podcast will be the first thing and then the pictures afterwards. I'm going to try that for Instagram and see how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play some fun. But here's my challenge for you. So for Friday morning, starting, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then text me on Tuesday. When you wake up in the morning, whatever you do, your morning routine, I want you to interrupt it. And the first thing, walk to a mirror. Look at the mirror and say, I love you. No. The best. I know yeah, it's uncomfortable. I'll try. Hey, hey no, listen, I'll try. listen, no, no, no. listen. I don't feel comfortable doing it. I'm going to do Jason, it with you. you know, I'm going to do it I, with you because I tell people to do it. And then people are like, do you do it? And I'm like, I've done it. And they're like, do you do it? And I'm like, I've done it. And they're like, Jesus Christ, are you doing it now? And I'm like, fuck. I'm going to do it with you. God, every I morning. Can't. I cannot wait to hear some of my God's girlfriends <laughs> this episode and be like, what the fuck just happened? Well, like, what happened was, is what was, is, is, is literally what happened in the movie, right? Is that at the end all be all is this. That movie carried a, re, uh, carried a relationship of war and of guilt and of frustration. And it was epitomized in a movie. And all I want to do in some capacity with this podcast and with the people I inter interact with and everything else is circumvent that and instead wake up and release that baggage and look in the mirror and say, I love you. And it's uncomfortable as all get up. And it's easier to look in a cell phone, right? Without a video and just flip the camera and be like, I love you. That's easy. But in the mirror, fresh out of a shower, naked as a jaybird look and say i love you is hard and it's good to be hard you know why because it's hard to love yourself i struggle with it i've struggled with suicide i have struggled with depression i have struggled with addiction and everything under the sun and i make no bones about it so my goal in life is two things. One, my daughter is going to be a better person than I've ever been in my entire life. And two, She's got a show of these Godzilla movies. Yeah, I know, 100%. <laughs> and then two, the people that I engage with, I want to challenge them to do something that makes me as uncomfortable. And I like so that. you and me, you got my cell phone number, you text yep. me after you do it, and I'll text you after I do it if you get up earlier than me, but I get about 5 a.m., 6 a.m. your time, and we're going to do it Sounds through like Memorial plan, Day Jason, every morning. You're a good bud. All right? Yeah. And I literally sit here being like, like <laughs> your mom's going to be like, what are you doing? You're like, God, you know what? I got roped into some bullshit on podcast. No, do it. she knows. Don't worry. But like, no, dude, again, like, I love your show. I can't wait to be on this again. Like, you know, anytime, brother. Anytime. Any, any things and like i i you know just big quick shout outs like i want to say shout outs to my co-hosts uh luba and mel shout out to my editor zach um just shout outs i, I also want to say like um you know if you really jason i say this on air if you really liked a lot of the stuff that i talked about with this film and uh you want to hear 
more of this kind of debate, there's a really great podcast by my friend David, who does this show called Kaiju Apostle. Uh, and he does this really, like, he's Christian, and he puts these, like, really cool theological concepts. With Dude, I would, I'll tell you what, can I talk to him, please? Because as my, my first major in calls, pa- pastoral ministry major. Oh, he, yeah, no, he's, you guys will get along like a house of Dude. probably. And he's, also, uh, when I post on the Instagram, tag everyone you want to underneath, honestly, yeah, in the no, comments, sure. tag them up, and then I will repost them, and I will tag no, them and do everything I can to celebrate the love. He's, he's brilliant. Uh, his show's great. Like, you know, um, there are a lot of great monster podcasts. I could spend all day listening to them all, but like, uh, David's great. He's he's going through some things right now but i want to just say like his show is phenomenal he's got a new episode coming out on monday uh for one of my personal favorite films which is frankenstein conquers the world when japan did their own frankenstein movie and he fights a dinosaur and it's great um oh i love this genre so much but like you know uh you know he's one of my biggest fans i wouldn't have the microphone i have now without him uh so like he's great uh, just big shout outs to him. Big shout outs to your show. I hope my listeners tune into this episode. And mine will uh, tune into yours, gonna... man. I mean, they and I just sit here being like, oh man, look, <laughs> everybody's just like, oh no, it's two Rambler McRamblersons just talking about <laughs> not <laughs> their this feelings. Is what people like though, because yeah. they want to get to know people and they want to understand and they want, they want to see vulnerabilities so that they can feel comfortable in, in, in where they're at and that life's not perfect because it's no. not. 100%. But I'll tell you like, what. You know, I can't wait to listen to this episode tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I know my mom's going to love listening to this episode. Um, you know, I. This was fun. Like, you have a really good show. Like, I, you know, I don't, to be honest, I don't think our shows are that much different because, like, you know, even though mine has maybe a little bit more structure with it, a lot more structure. You're much more, more professional, structure. sir. Much more, more professional. But, like, you know, we're both aiming for the same thing. Just people sitting down and enjoying movies and having fun with it because movies are fun. Bad yeah. movies, good movies. It doesn't matter. Just have fun. Have fun. Um, you know, and it's, you know, guys, you're going to love him in our episode in September. Uh, I just can't wait because of, uh, you know, I can't wait for you to listen to part B uh because you're only in it for six minutes i know right my daughter's like crying saying no dad has to read me a story tonight i'm like texting my wife i'm on a podcast she's like your daughter's crying in her room tough tit (laughs) he's like i'm double booked and alex goes what do you mean you're double booked and i was like it's a daughter and she goes oh shit no go get it no i love we're all accepting of it and then it's like all right, now he's gone. Let's talk shit about Jason. For Please do but, it. Uh, but no, I think you're going to like what we talked about in part B. Uh, we had a lot of fun with part B. Dude, I, I, it was especially because, beyond. especially because, and you'll laugh about it. We talked for about 40 minutes before I realized that when you logged off that I forgot to press record again. So <laughs> it was fun. Uh, you know, live and learn. Uh, but no, it, this is great. Uh, we've definitely talked through a movie and a half. <laughs> We for have, sure, brother. But man, hey, listen, this is this is what it's about, and for sure. Hey, listen, if if people, I mean, hey, I don't at, at this point, I don't care, right? I mean, Actually, I sit here being like, "Bravo, yeah. you've made it to the end. You've it's made it coming. to the end, folks. You've made it to the end, and now comes your favorite part of the show, 
we say goodbye and my daughter sings about the first time she took a shit by herself so with that my friend henry thank you so much for the time it's the one thing we don't get back in life and i do not take it for granted that you spent this time with me no this is a great way to spend thursday and we're going to do it again, brother. Okay. For sure. And just remember, guys, you can find us on any podcast platform at It Came From a Monster Movie, the podcast, or It Came From a Monster Movie. You also can find us on social media at ICFAMM Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I'm mostly active on Instagram because I try my best to be better on Twitter. Um, you could also support the podcast through Patreon. Uh, where we do shutouts, early access episodes. Uh, if we get enough people on it, we'll be able to start working on our side projects uh, where we review TV shows and books and all sorts of crazy stuff that I have plans. And then, of course, if you want to support the artists on our show or the show itself, uh, go to our uh, public page. Just look up It Came From a Monster Movie or Ick Fan Podcast. Again, go to our store page. There are some great designs where you can get them as hats, mugs, masks, uh, you name it, you get it. Uh, we even have pillows on that site. Uh, if you love it so much, uh, and just have fun and like, you know, dude, guys, what you guys know, can't see in the videos. I'm excited, right? Because yeah. this is the professional moment where this man knows what's going on it's and just, I love it. You know, you, I've been in this podcast game for about a year and a half now. And like, you know, get like, it's all worth it when I get to have show like i like guesting on other people's shows and i like you know being like aha now we get to talk about godzilla on your show it's <laughs> <laughs> a spread um dance my puppets dance but uh you know jason you've got a great show i can't wait to be on it again i can't wait to share that like not only do you guys get an episode of me on my own show but you get an episode of me on my other show um well not other shows your show but i'm guessing on another, <laughs> another show. show man just, uh, it's and, all this, good. and fun fact this is the first time i've talked about the original 54 godzilla on a podcast uh we actually still haven't graded it yet on my show i i'm saving it for a special episode but um because like that you know people are like do you think you're ever gonna run out and i'm like no because there's no. just tons and tons God, and tons no. And tons of monster movies that need to be seen. Not going to happen. Never. Well, brother, happen. thank you so much. I no appreciate worries, the time. Jason. Be good. Uh, and um, remember, tomorrow morning, we're going to wake up. Podcast yep. is going to go live. We're going to look in the mirror. And we're going to say, I love you. Yep. And I want to say to you, man, I love you, brother. Be good. Love you, Jason. It's a good time. Thank you this so much, brother. All right. And as we say on my show, we'll catch you guys on the flip. Love it. Peace. Peace.